Hello and welcome to the Yellow Shirt Podcast. I am your host, TXM-TomSpurs. Um, if you don't know who I am, I am a gaming variety YouTuber person. Um, and I am here with the one and the only Hardy Tech Yo-Yo. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I, as you said, I'm Hardy Tech Yo-Yo. It's been uh, ages since I've gone by that name. I've long since been retired as a YouTuber, but um, I don't know if I missed the dress code. Were we supposed to be wearing yellow shirts today? <laughs> I'm not even wearing a yellow shirt, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, I I can find something yellow if needed. You know, I, I know it's good to be on brand and have a, a consistent theme, so I'm... I'm sorry about that, but uh, <laughs> yes, I uh, I was a Pokemon YouTuber for uh, on and off about eight years, going all the way back to 2012, one of the when Pokemon on YouTube really kind of started to come into its own. Uh, I was guess I was one of the uh, OGs, if you want to uh, think of it that way. And a whole new generation has come along since my time, and I'm very excited to see how the Pokemon community has been growing, uh, even if I'm not really a part of it anymore. But yeah, that's uh, that's me. Perfect, perfect. So I guess you kind of already answered this, um, but I was just going to like essentially give you the floor to essentially um, tell the audience kind of how you got into this um, and like what your actual, I guess, content giving life cycle was like on the internet. Yeah, so um, I had a whole life on YouTube before Pokemon even started. Uh, I started my very first YouTube uh, video that I made was all the way back in 2008. Uh, uh, I got old. really in, yeah, I got really into uh, stop motion with uh, wrestling action figures. I saw some people do it where they'd take the action figures, you know, make little stop motion matches out of it. And I was like, I got to do that. I, I want to make my own because I have a huge collection of figures. Uh, so I convinced my parents to buy me a camera and I started making them. They were horrible and unfortunately they no longer exist anywhere i've tried many times to track them down but i foolishly deleted them yeah. all one day uh, unfortunately i had no following at all you know i had maybe mm -hmm. 10 subscribers so nobody backed them up anywhere or anything like that so uh that whole part of my youtube career has gone missing unfortunately uh from there i went into uh, call of duty videos and those unfortunately do still exist because they're really bad so uh, if you try hard <laughs> enough you can still find some of those and i ended up finding this youtuber named black light attack who okay. was uh he did some call of duty stuff i think he did call of duty stuff he did like team fortress stuff and he started doing a pokemon leaf green nuzlocke and i was really fascinated by this because i'd never heard about nuzlocks before uh, and I decided to give it a shot, do my own version of a Pokemon Blaze Black Nuzlocke. So my very first time going into a Nuzlocke, and I chose a Drayano hack, of course. So <laughs> well, I thought like that's rep representative of like your entire YouTubing career. Because I, 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 well, I should probably preface this. I haven't actually said this yet, but um, for those who don't know, Hardy Tech Yo Yo is my all-time favorite YouTuber, and um, by a golden mile. Um, and I remember one of the big things of watching your content was no one ever expected you to win. It was just the entertaining ways to watch you, like, slowly get closer and closer. And maybe by the end, there was the slight chance of victory. And, but, it, that, I feel like that was part of the fun of seeing you go up against these insanely tough challenges. And, like, you called yourself the best of the worst. And that... Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't brought that up yet. Yeah, I, I was the pretty much like within like two months, I think, of starting my channel, I, I dubbed that best of the worst because I just kept doing 
horribly stupid stuff. <laughs> uh, and I was I was especially bad uh, back then, in like the 2012 and 2013 era. I um, I couldn't focus on the game, you know, I because I was talking at the same time and I was having all these conversations with myself and I'd go on all these huge rants and I'd end up doing a bunch of really stupid stuff in these videos because of that very reason. Uh, yeah, I ended up kind of getting this reputation as a not good Nuzlocker. But thankfully, people people managed to watch, even if a lot of people got really angry at me with all the different times I lost. And, oh, I got a lot of really hateful comments uh, every time I lost a Nuzlocke. But I, I didn't quit. I kept going. And eventually, many, many years later, uh, I finally got my first win. So how many did you end up winning in the end? So uh, within Hardy Tech Yo-Yo Cannon, um, there was the first one I won was Light Platinum. Yeah. Which was, I think, the end of 2013. No, no, it was 2014. Uh, I believe going into 2014. So it took two and a half years to win my first Nuzlocke. Um, and then I think, like, the next one that I won might have been the Legacy Lock, the final series I did, as far as, like, full series on my channel. So you only, you only think, won uh, two? I thought. Uh, I thought no, okay. So I won it. I won. Uh, I won the Eevee Lock. I yeah. did. That was in uh, 2014 as well, and I think I might have won an Egg Lock. So, but I'm I'm definitely much more in the lose column than I am the win. <laughs> so, like you you were saying, how you um when you're commentating, there was there was never the focus on the game, and that was I think the one thing like the the big thing that made you really really unique um among pokemon youtubers was that the focus was always on you as a, as a personality and so what got you to that style like why did you start developing that style of commentary i don't even know if i necessarily like tried to develop it as more of it just kind of was how it started when i yeah when i went back and watched some of uh blaze black the original one which i, I don't recommend watching it's it's very bad um <laughs> I I did a bit more like talking about what was going on in the game and stuff, and I guess by the time I got to the Emerald Randomizer Nuzlocke, um, you know, I'm doing like 40 minute videos every day, and I'm just talking about whatever comes to my mind. You know, if something happens in the game, I'll talk about that. If something just happens like in my brain, I'll talk about that. Yeah, uh, my mind never stops going. You know, it's always going a million miles a minute. So <laughs> I just kind of start letting everything that goes into my mind just come out and it led to a lot of uh you know prolonged rants that people had a lot of of fun memories of and just you know it, it was what goes on my mind came out and went onto the screen and a lot of people seemed to latch onto that for some reason yeah and like uh, so kind of something similar to that was um how you did grinding montages back in the day of you do the story time so what, what was the inspiration yeah. for that yeah, so uh, I started doing the epic grinding montages in the Emerald Randomizer Nuzlocke. And I remember I got this idea. I, I I wish I remember where the inspiration was from. But just the idea of having these videos where you're not talking about like what's going on in the game. You're just talking. Yeah. Um, so I was like, what can I do with this grinding besides just having three minutes of music at the beginning of the video? Because if I was going to watch someone else's Let's Play and they were doing that, I would skip over it. Yeah, uh, and you know, every time I watch someone do that, I skipped over it because, like, I don't really care about grinding, but yeah. I want to get some use out of this. Um, and I, unfortunately, I don't know where the inspiration for story time came from. I wish I did, but um, I, 
I can tell you I have a memory, uh, not really a memory of story time. When I go into the uh, YouTube analytics and I look up like all the keywords that people have used to uh, search for videos and how they've got to mine. Yeah. Um, well, I should ask, uh, is there like a rating on this podcast? No, no, no. Go wild. Go wild. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that someone typed into YouTube search bar and got to my video is sister sex. <laughs> And that's because uh, on one of the video. story time videos had that in the title. And I didn't know this at the time. Apparently, I was getting trolled, and it was actually a uh, ripoff of Star Wars, which <laughs> I had not seen Star Wars at the time. <laughs> so I, I hadn't seen Star Wars. So I didn't know until someone told me later on that, like, that story is just Star Wars, you know, with uh, Luke and Princess Leia. So I got trolled, but someone out there is searching for some very weird stuff on YouTube, and they ended up on my story time videos because of that. So I'll always have that every time I look at my analytics. So I'm assuming the story you were given, like that didn't it didn't include like big space robots or anything. There wasn't like any big giveaways. It was no, just... it, they they changed enough to make it seem like it was just a normal story. Yeah, so there, there was nothing that made me think like, oh, this is like weird you know it's like this is like some kind of fanfic or something Aside there wasn't the anything sex. like that well i i got a lot of weird stories submitted to me so oh oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's absolutely terrifying to be honest um what was your favorite let's play my favorite let's play so i have from the like meaning behind it i have a lot of love for the legacy block that yeah. i did the final series i did just because of, of what it meant, you know, the entire eight years coming together, representing Pokemon from every series I ever did. Uh, I think the quality of that isn't great, unfortunately. You know, I was... Uh, the whole the whole year where I came back, um, 2019, I, I don't think necessarily had the best videos. It wasn't the peak mm -hmm. of my career. But as far as entertainment-wise, I think my favorite series has got to be the Leaf Green Egg Lock. Okay. Um, which I believe was the first Egg Lock. I can't remember now if Leaf Green or Emerald came first. But the Leaf Green Egg Lock... Uh, not only did I have a lot of fun during that, but in the comments of the videos, we somehow grew this community where people started cosplaying, or role-playing as my Pokemon. You know, we had like Moon the Nitto King, uh, Juice the Torchic, uh, Beto the Lapras, and, and a bunch of other people all just latched onto these Pokemon and like made it their identity. And, and I think a few of them still go by those names to this day. So I have a lot of sentimental value for that one as well. That's amazing. Uh, and I, I yeah. want to ask about the Legacy Lock. W when you started that, was that intended as the last project? Uh, I had the idea that it might be in my head. I didn't go into mm. it knowing, like, this is going to be the end. Yeah. Um, but as I got, you know, more through it, uh, like, about halfway through, I, I was realizing I'm not super enjoying all of this anymore. Um, and I, especially when I realized that I had recorded the final five videos, the four elite and four members, and the champion. And I realized that things lined up perfectly to where I could upload the finale of that on the exact day of when I had returned one year earlier. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, that's just a really fitting close. You know, this the whole series of what it meant, looking back on the past eight years of videos, all the flashbacks cut in throughout there. Uh, it, it really just felt like the perfect finale. So, um, And I figured I'm not having a ton of fun doing this anymore. I'm not just going to keep pushing it. Uh, let's just put a bow on that and, you know, move on to whatever's next in my life. Damn. Okay. Do you want to just quickly explain, by the way, what a legacy lock is? Um, for anyone who's listening, you might not know. 
Yeah, so a legacy lock is a, um, well, for those of you who don't know what an egg lock is, it is a nuzlocke, which I guess for those of you who don't know what a nuzlocke is, we'll, we'll go through the chain of command here Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's not too familiar with Pokemon. So a nuzlocke is a challenge run of a Pokemon game where you can only catch the first Pokemon you encounter in each area. If a Pokemon faints, you can't use it anymore. Uh, and a, a third kind of, you know, usually confirmed rules, you have to nickname all your Pokemon. Mm. Uh, but that one's kind of, you know, you don't have to do that. So it's just a way to make Pokemon runs more interesting. Uh, an egg lock is a expanded version of that where every time you catch a Pokemon, you then exchange it for an egg. Uh, yeah. You'd usually take egg submissions from your viewers if you're a YouTuber or like a Twitch streamer. Uh, and you fill up the save file with eggs at the beginning of the game. Then you swap it out. You have no idea what you're going to get. And you can use rare candies to level it up to the level that the caught Pokemon was. So Legacy Lock was an idea where I came up with where we take an egg lock. And instead of taking eggs from viewers, I went back and took almost every single Pokemon I had used from all of my Nuzlocks, all of my egg locks, uh, some of my Let's Plays. Uh, I had another series called Showdown Scoreboard. I took a few Pokemon from that as well. Uh, and combine them all into this one save file in Black 2. Uh, yeah, Black 2. It wasn't Blaze Black 2. I think it was just Black 2. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's the file I played with. So it's not really something that applies to, like, most people, because, you know, most people aren't going to have this eight years of backlog of Pokemon to make a yeah. file from. Uh, but I did, you know, put it out there that people could play along with. Any Anybody who was a member of uh, Team Caterpie, by the way, I, I can't believe I haven't slipped that one in there yet. Um, so, yeah, that's the, the Legacy Lock. It was a special version of an egg lock that was completely designed as a tribute to the past eight years of my life. Yeah. And we, you t you've talked briefly about your hiatus from YouTube. Um, why, why did you t t have the hiatus in the first place? Yes, yeah, so uh, I mentioned, you know, eight years of YouTube, but it's actually closer to five years as far as Pokemon goes, because uh, in 2016, I was completely burnt out. Yeah. Um, I had I had taken Nuzlocke breaks several times by that point. Um, I don't know how other people can do it, but for me, for doing five years nonstop, four years nonstop of just Nuzlocke's and Egglocks and Pokemon, and playing that every single day... Um, it really takes a toll on you. You know, you really want to start doing some other things. At least I did. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I ended up gaining this really unhealthy relationship with my channel where, and, and unfortunately it happens to a lot of people where you start really hyper-focusing on numbers. Yes. Um, you know, you look at subscribers, you look at view counts, you look at comments, and I was able to see a decline, you know? Um, I had gotten very, very lucky when I started. Um, I managed to... So YouTube used to have this thing called Shows, where it was like a playlist, but I don't really know the difference. I guess every video in there got an episode number. And I had somehow gotten a show. Oh, and Shows could only have a... They had to have unique names, so someone else couldn't have the same name as the shows you had. Okay. Uh, I had gotten the show name Pokemon Nuzlocke. Wow. <laughs> and so if you searched Pokemon Nuzlocke, my videos were at the top of the search results. Wow. Back in 2012. Uh, it would show you, like, Pokemon Nuzlocke Season 1, Blaze Black. Pokemon Nuzlocke Season 2, Emerald Randomizer. Season 3, Emerald Randomizer 2. Season 4, uh, Spirit Gold. And I think they took it away during Spirit Gold, so I wasn't able to continue from there. But that was huge. You know, within... Yeah. Um, I think during Blaze Black, my first series, I had hit 500 subscribers. 
Um, and I think during the Emerald Randomizer, I was at a thousand. And I was at a point where I was getting about a thousand subscribers every day or every month. Every month, I was getting a thousand subscribers. Um, wow. Within the end of my first year, I was at seven thousand subscribers. Uh, and I think it, you know, by twenty fourteen, um, I was about twenty four thousand subscribers. So it was happening very fast. Because Pokemon, this is when the Pokemon community on YouTube was really starting to grow, and I had that huge benefit of appearing on the search results, like, right at the top. Yeah. So, I really took advantage of that. And because of that, you know, as 2014 uh, went through 2015 and 2016, and there was um, uh, some, you know, controversies that, that we don't need to go into today... Um, you know, things started to dwindle, and uh, new YouTubers were coming in, and a uh, younger generation was coming up, and I started to, you know, dwindle a little bit, and it took a big hit on my, you know, confidence and my enjoyment of things. Um, so I kept trying to do new things. I kept trying to come up with new ideas, and I was constantly running my brain, trying to figure out, like, what can I do to try to regain that audience I once had? Yeah. Um, and I finally just decided, like, I just don't want to do this. You know, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not making videos because I love it. No matter what I, I may think, no matter what I may say, I knew that I, I didn't love that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I made that decision that I'm done. I made like a 20 minute video just talking about it. I The next day I had this like 25 minute video or something of just like the greatest moments from the past four years. And I was like, that is, that is a good end to that chapter. Um, and I occasionally i uh, would do like a twitch stream every now and then um i flirted with this idea of a new review channel called full hardy which unfortunately never really took off but uh i was i was content with um leaving my youtube career there at uh with ending hardy tech you right there uh until my return in 2018 happened do you want to talk about that yeah, yeah, sure. I <laughs> figured I would take a, a, you know, give you a chance to say something that I know I've, I've been rambling a little bit. I mean, all, all I was going to say is I, I cry my eyes out every time at the Greatest Moments video. That video, that is that is special. Because that is yeah. like, that is, that is so many years and, and like series just all put into, into this one memories. And like the intro compilation, bro, that, that sparks something. Yeah, if, if uh, for any of you who are listening to this or watching this, that don't know anything about me. That's the only video I'd recommend going back and watching because you'd see 20 minutes. Everything you ever needed to know about my YouTube career is encompassed in that video. Uh, yeah. And you know, if you like it, hey, feel free to watch some other ones. I have a lot of good series. Um, I think so. <laughs> Anyways, I have a lot of bad series as well, but I would recommend that one. So that would that would be the video to give a good idea of what I like. Uh, but then 2018. So between 2016 and 2018. Is that right? Was that only gone two years? I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah, that must... No, no, I came back in 2019. Never mind. Uh, so I was gone was for really, about three Was years. it really that recent? Yeah, it was 2019 and I ended in 2020. Whoa. Yeah. So I, I might have had some of my dates wrong earlier, but I, I remember because I was making videos during a, a certain world phenomenon that's going on. So Yes. Now, now yeah. you're saying that, I'm remembering in the Legacy Lock when you were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, between 2016 and 2019, I had some adventures. Uh, I was working, I got a job shortly after that at a call center doing technical support for, uh, credit card machines. 
so I worked there for a few years. I had a job. I, I somehow I don't think I ever told the story, but I got a job as a traveling meat salesman. <laughs> so uh, it was only for about a month or so because I realized this is a horrible job. But basically, you know, you were traveling out into the wilderness of Pennsylvania, knocking on random people's doors, trying to convince them to buy steaks out of the back of a van. Uh, shockingly, that doesn't go very well. People don't like when you just show up at their door trying to sell them meat. So. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't last too well. Uh, so I, I'd gotten a different job as a uh, like a mail processing clerk. Uh, the details of the job aren't that important. I was doing data entry, uh, and I was I I was just felt really miserable there because I was you know working eight hours a day. Uh, you know your standard like forty hour week job, but I felt so exhausted at the end of it that I never had a chance to do anything with creative juices because. That entire period that I was gone, you know, I still felt creative. I just wasn't doing anything with it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I felt it's been long enough that I'm like, why don't I give this YouTube thing a shot again? Um, you know, and I, I went in with the mentality of I don't care how these videos perform. Mm. I don't care how, uh, you know, if I gain subscribers or lose subscribers. The one metric that I paid attention to was comments. Uh, yes. You know, if I got 500 views, but I got a bunch of comments telling me about the video and, and interaction, that's what I cared about uh, coming back in that last year. So um, the videos that I was making during that one year were the lowest viewed videos that I probably ever made. Uh, but they had a lot of really good interaction and I had fun for most of them. You know, the, the new season of Showdown Scoreboard, the Renegade Platinum Nuzlocke. I very much enjoyed that series, uh, especially the Distortion World episode. Yes. Um, and uh, as we got into Legacy Lock and, and I, I just started to get burned out again, and that's when I was like, I got my good comeback. You know, I got that good feel-good nostalgia run. I'm I'm ready for, for other things. Um, and during that hiatus, the three-year hiatus, I also had developed a love for web development and programming. Yeah. Um, so that, that's actually what I do now. I'm a, uh, I work as a web developer. So... Um, that uses my creative juices, thankfully, because I get to do problem solving, web design. I get to make, you know, decisions that make my brain work. So yeah. um, I'm very, very fulfilled now in that creative department, thankfully. But yeah, that's what brought me back in 2019 was just feeling really unfulfilled in the, the rest of my life and wanted to give it another shot. And I'm glad I did it. It was a good year, but I, I feel like I put a good bow on my career. So I'm assuming from you saying a bow, there would be at, there is no intention to ever come back to it. Well, you know, there's the saying in life, never say never. Yes. <laughs> you know, I never thought I was going to come back in 2019. I was content with 2016 being the end. I had made a few videos after that. Uh, like, I think I just did like a random Pokemon pack opening video yeah. in like 2017 or something. And I deleted that like a few weeks later because I was like, no, I want the final video to be that best of Hardy video because it, it just felt like a really good goodbye. Um, and I never thought I'd come back. And then in 2019, I did. And yeah. I don't think I'll come back. I haven't had that desire yes. to come back at all. So have I had ideas for other non-Pokemon related YouTube stuff? Every now and then, you know, I have other, other interests. Um, but I just... I can't see me ever coming back to Hardy Tech Yo-Yo. So I never say never. You never know what you 10 years from now, what could happen if YouTube's even still around. Yes. But as of now, uh, I would not, I would not be waiting for it. That so. makes sense. That makes sense. 
And you were saying, obviously, about Pokemon, but that wasn't the only thing you did on Hardy Tech Yo-Yo. Um, my favourite Let's Play of yours, actually, wasn't a Pokemon Let's Play at all. Um, it was the Kingdom Hearts one. Because, um, actually, so the, the, the story there is my favourite game of all time is now Kingdom Hearts 2. And I got into that series because I watched your Let's Play on holiday. And I, I, as soon as I got back from holiday, I, I bought the game. Because um, I saw you playing, I was like, oh, this is this looks so cool. Mickey Mouse is in this game. You know, fantastic. Um, and I was, like, actively trying to catch up to where you were and get past you. And then you released a new episode and you got past me. So I kept getting stuck because I wasn't the smartest kid. Um, and it was, like, this constant battle. But that, that's, like, so... I guess the question is, where was the Kingdom Hearts 2 Let's Play, Hardy? You're ruining my childhood. Hey, I I streamed like the first two hours of Kingdom Hearts two. Does that not count for something? <laughs> Wait, yeah, Kingdom Hearts two should have came. Right. I, I'll give you that. It should have came sometime before Kingdom Hearts three actually came out. But I dropped the ball on that. Um, let's get the king. The opening of Kingdom Hearts two is just so horrible. I just yeah. I really did not want to play it. Yeah. I didn't want to play the whole Roxas thing. But um, Kingdom Hearts, I have a lot of fun memories of. I really enjoyed that. That was the first time I had 100% uh, complete that game. Yeah. I remember just sitting around grinding off screen for hours, trying to get all the pieces for the Ultima weapon, just going back and forth in the hallway in Traverse Town. So that part wasn't that fun. But I, I have a lot of memories of, of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, for non-Pokemon stuff, I also get a lot of people telling me about the Little Inferno Let's Play yes. that they really enjoyed. That is a such a great game. I just replayed it earlier this year. Uh, if any of you have never played Little Inferno, you should try playing it. It's only about three hours long. It's a very cute, small, just fun puzzle game. Um, what other non-Pokemon stuff did I do? Uh, I know I did a few Mario Kart videos. There was the Mario Galaxy Let's Play. Mario Galaxy Let's Play, and I think the first two or three episodes of a Mario Sunshine Let's Play that got yes. abandoned. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe I came back to Galaxy like a year later and finished it. I, I had like three episodes left. I was like, I gotta finish this before I go to Sunshine. And I never even finished Sunshine, so that was a waste. Um, I did two, I believe two videos of Ocarina of Time. Really? Um, yes, I, I blind. I never played Ocarina of Time before that. Um, I did a video about the Binding of Isaac, uh, another yes. game that I never played before, and I called it the Blinding of Isaac because I'm just that much of a creative genius. <laughs> what um, what made you stop the Ocarina of Time one? Uh, I think the thing that I wasn't enjoying is I was playing it on an emulator, yes. and I didn't have an N64 controller. Ah. Um, so I was trying to play it on like an Xbox 360 controller, and it just... The buttons from N64 just don't map well to any other controller. Yes. So that was, I just had a lot of control issues. Um, so I, I ended up not sticking with it, unfortunately. I did beat Ocarina of Time a few years later on the 3DS. Don't worry, everybody. I'm not that much of a fraud, thankfully. So, uh, I've never beat Majora's Mask, though. So I'm, I'm wow, not that's, the that's best. Like, that's the actively better one. I mean, I agree from my experience. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I. I, I don't know. I have this horrible habit. I did a video once on a, one of my many side channels talking about the end game problem yeah. where I uh, would always get close to the end of a game and then just stop and, and never finish it. I had yes. the same issue with Wind Waker. I got almost to the end of Wind Waker. I think I beat all the dungeons. I just had to do the final, you know, Ganon fight. I never did it. <laughs> I never went back and beat Wind Waker. So I've, that's been a, a lifelong problem of mine, unfortunately. So... Maybe someday I'll beat Majora's Mask. If it comes on Switch, I might. So 
Yeah, that yeah. that's that's absolutely fair. I mean, what was what was I going to say? Um, in terms so in terms of variety, what like got you to to do these variety let's plays? I think for a YouTuber in a niche, uh, it's super hard to tr- to like have. Well, obviously you get you get that desire to branch out, but to actually act upon that is like the single hardest thing you can do. So, so yeah, what, what made you go for that? So um, it's funny you mentioned that because I was doing a little bit of uh, you know research on your your podcast to try to not be completely unprepared, and I can't remember the name of the guy you were talking to, but one of your most recent episodes, he was talking about how he wants to start branching out, but he wants to wait till he gets to a thousand subscribers. Yes, um, and for me. I would think the complete opposite reaction. I would think you would want to do that as soon as possible because once you get that niche, once people are there for like one specific thing, it's going to be a lot harder to break out. Yeah. Uh, because the people you have are not going to want to watch that other stuff necessarily. You know, I had so many people tell me, we're just here for your personality. You could do anything. And I'm sure those people who said that meant it. But when you look at statistics and analytics, that is not true. Oh, I know that Nothing. too well. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. No matter how successful I had gotten, nothing that wasn't Pokemon never did anywhere near as well yeah. as my Pokemon stuff. And I had constantly wanted to branch out, which is why I did Kingdom Hearts, Little Inferno, Mario stuff. Um, even on Twitch, I tried doing non-Pokemon stuff. I did some Overwatch streams. I... Um, that's you know where I started to do Kingdom Hearts too, yeah. And even just those would never do as well, yeah. Uh, and Twitch, I would think Twitch would be the much better platform to have a variety content, to have a much more personality focused content because you're interacting with them live. Yeah. If I was gonna watch a variety person, I would much rather watch a variety person on Twitch, even though I don't watch many live streams as it is. Uh, with YouTube, I feel like that's a much more curated place. Like it, it's a channel, you know. I yes. go to this Pokemon channel. Um, there are people who've managed to somehow break through that, like PewDiePie, uh, or, you know, the Game Grumps who made their entire thing variety. Yes. Um, but the more niche you get and the bigger audience you build, uh, for a specific topic, I think 99% of the time it's going to be a lot harder to break out of that. So, um, I tried because I was so tired of Pokemon, but, uh, unfortunately I wasn't really ever able to break out of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, because obviously it was like foolhardy, like he was saying, which was, I guess you could also say another attempt at that. And then even there was the series um, on High Tech Yo-Yo. I don't remember whether or not it's called How to Play or How Not to Play. That how was to play, yeah. How to Play. That was that was iconic. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so you had these things. And I think there was the other big thing of, of you changing up your content was the, the change from Let's Plays to edited content. Mm-hmm. So so what, what, what sparked that move in particular? Uh, so yeah, I think um, around 2016, I stopped doing uh, like Nuzlocke and all that, and I went to you know more highly edited po- um, Pokemon Countdown. Yeah, uh, I tried a series called Pokemon Anthology that I only got two videos out of. I did a series called Quick Attack, uh, Hardy Versus. I was just trying all this different kind of stuff, um, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about like. Uh, trying to branch out and just doing years and years and years of nuzlocks and getting burnt out and freaking out at like numbers depleting is I was trying to find something that would like you know, throwing stuff at the wall that would stick, yeah. but also something I enjoyed. Yes. Um, I very much enjoyed the editing process for all those videos. Uh, that was something that I enjoyed as well because it allowed me to use more of my creative juices. Um, but ultimately, it just comes down to trying to find something that stuck with people. You know, let's plays 
were so bloated. Everybody was doing, you know, Nuzlocke as the Pokemon community continued to grow. The bigger it gets, the more people are trying to do it and the harder mm. it is to branch out. Yeah. Um, you know, for years, Pokemon Sword was the first series that I ever did of a game right when it released. Yeah. Because everybody else was doing it. You know, when I, I wasn't uh, making videos when Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out. Uh, I think I stopped before Sun and Moon as well. But like X and Y and, and Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, I didn't touch those for a long time yeah. because, you know, everybody else was doing it. You know, I don't want to just be another fish in that giant ocean. So when I tried to make the move to more uh, highly edited content, it was for that same kind of idea, you know, to stand out a bit more, to make myself feel a bit more unique because there's just so many people out there. It's so hard to get noticed, especially when you're already on a decline as it is. So I was I was in panic mode trying to, to you know, reverse course and not continue sinking on my channel yeah. um, when I was unfortunately still very just highly obsessed with numbers. Um, but I, I did enjoy those videos, but they didn't they didn't do what I was hoping they would, unfortunately. Yeah. And and when it came to like the, the different series, did you have a personal favorite one of those? I liked. So I liked Quick Attack. Uh, I thought Quick Attack was fun. Uh, Quick Attack was a series where I just picked a random topic, and if I remember correctly, it was just completely unscripted. Uh, I've always, through all my Let's Plays, had a pretty good habit of just rambling off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, and looking back, all of my heavily scripted stuff was just objectively worse than my rambling stuff. Um, you know, I I didn't have a good reading voice, so. Uh, I liked Quick Attack because it was just pick a topic and just kind of ramble about it. Uh, the same thing happened with Hardy Versus, where I was literally just picking a random Pokemon topic, usually like 30 seconds before I started recording, and I just talked about it. You know, I know I did a video about Braxen, where I think I just did a random Pokemon generator, and then I did a seven-minute video just talking about Braxen completely unprepared. So uh, those videos were really fun. I have, I have a lot of uh, good memories of those. Yeah. I, so... We we asked you what my, your favorite let's play was. You did. Someone asked you the opposite. What's your least mm. favorite? Dish the dirt. Oh. Yeah. Uh... So complete series. My least favorite is probably Pokemon Sword. Okay. Um, I you know that was the first one I ever did right when it came out. So I wanted to you know get through the game i didn't want to take months to play it so it was just rushed a lot of videos back to back to back um i think when you look at the return that i had last year that was a huge changing point and as far as like you know the algorithm just deciding that they don't want me anymore you yes. know because <laughs> everybody was doing sword videos those videos were very 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 poorly received not by the people who actually watched them but just by the amount of views that they were getting um because a lot of people also avoid new games until yes. they get them. Uh, and especially with Pokemon, a lot of people don't get it till the next month when Christmas rolls around. So I think that played a factor as well. Uh, so I definitely, I would say Sword is my least favorite complete series I did. Um, I started a, oh gosh, what's the name of the game? <clears throat> I'll, I'll try to find it here, but I, I did a like a two video nuzlocke that i i don't even it, it's not even like canon in my <laughs> world anymore um where oh, i'm trying to get it opened up here to see if because i have every video i've ever done on my hard drive so wait still uh, dark rising yeah yeah why how, would i get rid of it how, how do you have that much space i have oh i have a uh 
one terabyte external hard drive just for the videos. So, yeah. Um, I, I think it's one terabyte. Okay, well, yeah, it's like 916 gigabytes. So, so basically, yeah. But Dark yeah. Rising. Yeah, Dark Rising, I think was, I think it was only, yeah, three videos. And I made it at a, they might still be on YouTube. I might have actually deleted them because I made them in a really, really bad time yeah. uh, in my life. I was very, very sad and, and miserable. And the it was very rushed. It was by far the worst layout I had ever made. It was very, very ugly. Just a, just a not good series. Um, so as far as like memories, I... I tried to push that one as far away as I can. It was it was really bad. So, why did you why did you drop Dark Rising? What a brilliant Pokemon game that everyone really loves. <laughs> yeah, I never got any farther than my videos, so I only got about an hour in. I my only memory of the game itself is I'm pretty sure I immediately had to face a little fifty tornadoes. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like a bad sign right there that I probably shouldn't keep going now. Uh, going there. Well, I think it's something like the third gym is like level fifties or something. Like, oh. and it's like, what's just what's the need? What's the absolute need? Um, so you did a series called Showdown Scoreboard. Yeah, that is oh, a fantastic series. And um, yes. Terra the Finion lives in my dreams. Um, so where'd the inspiration come for that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> inspiration that I came from that was that was many many years ago. I have a lot of memories of like recording videos, but I don't really have a lot of memories of where my ideas came from. Yeah. But Showdown Scoreboard. Uh, for any of you who are not familiar with Pokemon Showdown, it is a uh, online battle simulator for Pokemon. And I came up with this idea to gamify it a bit, where I had to use six randomly generated Pokemon and battle uh, three matches. And throughout those matches, you gained points for knocking Pokemon out, getting status effects, and you lost points for the same things, um, getting knocked down and stuff. And whoever had the least amount of points, they got the boot, they're out. And if you survive 10 episodes, you go into Hall of Fame. Once we have six Pokemon in the Hall of Fame, that's the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I really, really loved that series. It was a lot of fun. And he mentioned Terra the Finion. A gosh darn Finion made it 10 episodes, including matches in Ubers, which is where legendary Pokemon live. It outlived a Rayquaza. Finion was a monster. And yeah, it had a lot going for it because it had like Tailwind, uh, which since it counted as a team-wide boost like stealth rocks every time it used it it got a point so it had a lot a lot of help with its moveset but the fact that a finion survived in ubers uh it was it's a legendary pokemon in team caterpie war uh, just for that reason alone it, it is fantastic i should probably clarify for any of my viewers um that i, I did i like if, if if showdown scoreboard sounds familiar to you it is because i totally ripped it off for a series that I did um, on the game series I, I um, did a lot of videos for in Azuma 11. I totally ripped it off, and I will fully admit that. Um, but that's, so that, that, that sounds to me. I ended up not doing it because it happened right at my point of burnout, which was really unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, totally ripped it off because Sharon's scoreboard, for me, at least, was a, was a super special series um, of just taking this show... taking like Because there was always been the videos of just people going on Showdown and just playing games. But it's never been, it, 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 it felt different because it had that element of game to it. There was the extra stuff on the side. There was the storylines that were being developed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, I always wanted to do stuff with Showdown besides just battles. Yeah, yeah. I, I had another series that only lasted about three videos called, um, 
I think it was Showdown Bingo or something like that. Um, Showdown, it might have been Showdown. Okay, so I had a series called Showdown Versus and Pokemon Bingo is what it was called. Uh, yeah. Showdown Versus was this, a very sh- another short-lived series where it was me facing another YouTuber in a themed battle. Um, I believe I did a video of that uh, against like Shady Penguin. Um, I had Pokemon Bingo was me and another YouTuber uh, had a bingo card and we had to go out against random people on Showdown and be the first one to complete our bingo card. So Pokemon Showdown, I thought, had a lot of potential for a lot of creative ideas. Yeah. Uh, scoreboard specifically was something that I was hoping like would catch on <laughs> you know, with people. And I had a lot of uh, uh, small channels ask me if they can do it. Like get my blessing, and I'm like, please do. Like you don't have to ask me, just do this. You know, I I can't imagine if every single person went to the dude who created Nuzlocks and like asked him for it. You know, I was like, this is a genius idea. Start doing it, please. This should spread. Um, granted, it's a lot of work. Scoreboard was by far the most work that I put into every series, uh, any series I did. Just every episode, calculating points, having to go like move by move through every battle. I always inevitably miss something. So I get it's a lot of work, which is probably why most people didn't want to do it. But yeah. every now and then people would send me just them doing their own casual scoreboard and, and give me updates. And then it made me really happy because I was really proud of that challenge. Uh, and I, I was a little sad it didn't go farther than what potential I thought it had. So. I get you. I get you. I remember doing a lot of um, casual ones in my own time. Uh, like sit in bed and just play like on a laptop pokes and pokemon showdown and have like a notepad of all of the points it was a terrible system but you know for actually <laughs> doing that but it was lots of fun <laughs> i yeah i i think i think the big thing with with your content in particular that we've kind of touched on a lot and i think that anyone would know is the theme of of creativity of there was always this 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 sense of a new idea even stuff like the Eevee lock and um the stadium the stadium 2 nuzlocke all these all these you know, fresh ideas that was just mm-hmm. it was it made it so different to everything else even your commentary style sorry i know i'm I'm absolutely fanboying here and i will fully admit that um but i think it needs to be said that i think you know that that was the re- that was the reason for me at least who watched a lot of pokemon let's players back in the day of why you stood out from all of them well, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm just, I have my list of videos open here, uh, all organized by folders and series and everything. And I could, just looking back, see a lot of like, man, I really did try to, you know, in, infuse creativity into just everything. You know, I had a Wi-Fi lock. I tried to make a Nuzlocke out of Wi-Fi battles. <laughs> um you know i did the um i had a series called uh smash for victory i I forgot you completely that i did smash bros videos for a little while Uh, i had a smash for victory series where i'm not good at smash bros and i went through every character and played until i got a victory with every single one which i guess isn't that you know genius of an idea but uh, i had something called the pokemon game show uh you know pokemon themed game show including an interactive edition which is still up where you could actually go through the videos and play using annotations um what other kind of crazy stuff that i have in here uh, looks like that's about it. Unfortunately, I, I guess that's all of my creativity. So, <laughs> but but yeah, I every I constantly just wanted to try new things. Um, uh, even from right from the beginning, you know, back in 2012, 2013, um, I get bored very easily. Yeah. So I was always, you know, just looking for ways to spice things up. You know, the egg locks were exciting. Uh, the EV lock was a lot of fun. So. And the death montages. I like those as well. A lot of people really like those because that is just 
that's the only part of Nuzlocke a lot of people care about. So you might as well put them all in one video and just give them what they want anyways. So I genuinely, yeah. um, that's I think that's the one thing I forgot to put in my notes for this because I, I, I was meaning to ask you about those because for some reason, I will always go back and watch those videos. Um, no idea why. I remember, I think the, the, the one time I can remember putting something in a live stream chat for you and you responding was me asking you when the new death video was. Because <laughs> I was just so, like, into that series. So, so why did you decide to put them all into one video? That goes again back to the idea of I don't know where most of my ideas come from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have memories of those. That's really before. terrible but, for I this mean, podcast, it's... but I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, honestly. But, um... <laughs> I mean, that's the part, like I said, that most people care about is the mm. reactions. That's the that's a lot of people when they tell me about the memories they have. It's like, oh, man, I remember when Mountain Dew died at the hands of Amistar and he got yes. that blizzard and you were losing your mind and your mom came in in the middle of it and you had to pause the recording. <laughs> and then, you know, we connected the dots and realized that the Amistar killed Mountain Dew because Amistar Money was my last Pokemon in the Emerald Nuzlocke randomizer the series before and it died at the championship fight. And so, you know, because of that death, we created this whole war about poor Mountain Dew. And, um, which I think, to be fair, I spelled Mountain wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I also have that for him. But, um, yeah, that's the thing. Most people care about are the reactions. And when you don't have, like, a good reaction to someone's death, people are like, what, do you not even care? Why am I watching this? So yeah. I, it only felt natural to take all those moments and put them together. And I think I did six of them in total. So pretty much every series except the Legacy Walk. So uh, if you if you want to see a lot of heartbreak and a lot of frustration, uh, go watch those videos. <laughs> um, so something I was, I was curious to ask about was... Um... If you watch anyone now in the Pokemon community, or if you've even just like casually noticed a video and thought, "Ooh," like is there is there anything like anyone like that for you now? So, um, since I stopped uh, last year, I pretty much exited the community completely. Yeah. Um, when I came back in 2019. Uh, I started to explore, like, all the people that had come up since I left. You know, there was this whole new generation of Poketubers that were having a lot of success. Um, and the big one that stood out to me was a YouTuber by the name of King Corfish. Yes. Um, and I, it just blew my mind at the, how the bar was raised as far as like editing quality goes. Um, I was very, very impressed. Um, what, and I know the idea of YouTube, you know, you got to hook people right away. You know, you got it. You got that first 10 seconds. Most of your viewers leave within the first 10% of your video, yes. uh, especially for longer videos if you look at your analytics. So if you hook them right away, you'll probably be able to keep them. And the one thing I didn't like about the editing style when I came back is that it was really just in that first 10% most of the time. You know, they had a big flashy intro and then it was just a normal Let's Play video. Yes. <laughs> um, but I guess if it was constantly highly edited all the way through a Nuzlocke uh, Let's Play as well, that also get really annoying. So I'm just kind of being a hypocrite in my opinion there. So. Uh, but I was very, very, very impressed by the quality of, um, you know, King Corfish, Ryan, um, Asteroid Videos, uh, I think it was his channel. Same, the whole, like, yeah, Core yeah. 4 is, I believe, what they go by. Original 151, Vinny, and... Um, United Gamer. United Gamer? Yeah. Yeah, that whole, that that click of, of the four of them um, just led the charge, you know. Back in my day, you know, we had me, we had, um, you know, Shady Penguin, I think, is still around. Hoodlum Scrafty yeah. is still around. Um, a whole, you know, a whole different core at the top. Uh, even though I, you know, I was never at the top, but like a whole different core then. And a whole new generation came in. And I thought that was really cool 
Uh, and it made my acceptance that my part in it was over uh, a lot easier because it's like, well, this is a new generation. You know, yeah. they don't need me anymore. Very few people transcend generations in YouTube. You know, you got PewDiePie, Game Grumps, Markiplier. But for the most part, it's every, you know, five years or so, it's just a whole new crop of people at the top. Yeah. And I was very impressed at how they'd managed to take, you know, what we built and made it their own. And while I don't, you know, keep up anymore with the Pokemon scene, you know, hopefully I'll check back in a few more years and it'll be a whole new crop of people. Uh, and I just think that's really cool that we always have this new generation of, of people coming in and making it their own. Wow. So was that ever any possibility of a, of a Hardy Tech Yo-Yo King Corpfish collab? Was that ever in the, in the talks? Uh, so we, we've talked a few times about possibly doing something, but um, we never we never got too far into discussions, unfortunately. But um, there was, you know, some conversations between me and Ryan. So I could say at least that much. Yo, that would have been that would have been sick. I definitely think um, it was I, I, I wonder, was there was there ever the idea of when you came back? Because obviously when you came back, there was this idea invented by like Asteroid and, um, and King Coltfish of these intro moments of these uh, mm -hmm. highly edited beginnings of videos, like you were saying, who people in for the first um, 10 seconds or however. Was there ever the idea of including that into your own content? Uh, so the concept itself actually goes back a long ways. Um, I remember being taught that when I was first getting into Pokemon, you know, yeah. to take the best moment and put it right at the beginning, but not nearly as, as highly edited as, as these guys have made it. Um, but I I didn't do it simply just kind of out of laziness, <laughs> you know. I didn't I I didn't want to go back and put that much you know effort. Anyone who was still watching my channel, you know, that had been subscribed four years later, um, they knew what they were getting into. You know, we were all just here for a nostalgia run. So yeah, um, I kind of accepted I wasn't going to be you know gaining new people. I'm really just pandering to the people that stuck around all this time without me making videos. So. Um, I never put too much thought into it, but I do definitely think it is a very, very useful tactic for any new YouTubers who are coming up. Uh, you know, that you got to hook people right away with something interesting, like a big cliffhanger kind of moment. Uh, to You, you want to get them to see how is that going to pay off. So um, if I was going to start actually seriously making YouTube videos again, yeah. that would definitely be a tactic I would look into. But it didn't really, it wasn't really needed for the audience that I had during my return. That actually raises an interesting question of if you were to... Say, say that Hardy Tech Yo-Yo... Well, no, I, I guess we can say that if you were coming back on a brand new channel where you were going to still make that kind of Pokemon content, how would you be going about it? And I guess this can serve as advice to anyone who is listening who maybe wants to get into the YouTube scene. So the big change I noticed when I came back is there's very little solo content. Yes. Um, every series, every like big series that I saw were collabs. Yes. And I think that's huge um, in today's Pokemon community is that mixing together of subscriber bases. Um, so I think it's important to be able to have the skill to make an entertaining video on your own because you can't always rely on somebody else being there to do a series with you. Yeah. But now a lot more than back in my day a collaboration as far as like pokemon goes at least is a hundred percent key so even if you just have a friend you know who's also just starting out you guys doing videos with each other you know if one subscriber out there happens to find one of them more than likely they'll end up going over to the other as well so yeah. you'll be able to, to help each other so 
Um, I would say, you know, try to do collaboration. Uh, mix who you do the collaborations with. You know, don't just keep doing the same person. Like, continue to blend those communities as much as you can. Um, and, you know, try to... I'm trying to figure out how to how to word this. You know, you want to, you know, maybe try to to befriend or or get in touch with the, you know, bigger channels. But it's so. I had a lot of people who just out of nowhere never had a conversation with me before asked like, "Hey, do you want to do a series with me?" Yes. Um, yeah. and it's like, well, I, you know, I don't want to be a dick, but no, I don't know you. you know, I've never talked to you before in my life. I've never seen any of your videos, and that's just not how it works. Yes. So, um, you know, if you're just like a frequent member in our community and like on our Twitch streams and stuff, you know, maybe you'll be lucky enough to you know have some conversations with them and start to form a bond. I don't know how all these YouTubers met each other. You know, I went away for all these years. I was never a part of the Pokemon community. I was never a member of like. I was never part of the inner circle of the Pokemon community. You know, I never really did collabs with anybody. Very, very rarely. Um, the collabs that I did, the very few that I did, because I was very much a lone wolf on YouTube, were with close friends of mine who, you know, didn't necessarily have a huge YouTube presence. You know, yeah. the, probably the most popular one I did was the um, Fire Omega Red Elimination Race, I think we called it, with my best yes. friend Spizzles. Um, and then we, we tried doing another series later and I did a monotype race with a, a friend peanut of mine. Um, you know, I tried doing a, a collab with Hoodlum Scrafty. We did fiery red, I believe it was. Yeah. And it, it just never really clicked. You know, we never had conversations outside of that. So we didn't really build that natural conversation. We were just doing a collab to do a collab. So, yeah. um, I would say if I was to give advice for what to do today, collaborate, but do it with people that you have good chemistry with. Don't just not talk to people outside of recording sessions. Because, you know, as much as, as Callum is a great person, you know, we never had that really built up a friendship of, you know, just hanging out before we started doing that series. And, and I think that's why it never really clicked. While I really enjoyed the series that I did with my close friends, even if they weren't YouTubers. So, yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. Um, I The Fire at Omega Elimination Lock is peak YouTube content. Yeah fantastic yeah, I, all these years later i still tease fizzles with uh karate chop jokes so i'd be on it as uh i think it was his jump bluff he was trying to get to do karate chop or something <laughs> like that uh just just classic times that's probably my my top three favorite series that i've done i just had so much fun with that one I, yeah i can and I, i'm imagine. still mad i'm still mad he beat me in the showdown battle that was <laughs> bullshit <laughs> I won that entire series, and then we did one battle, and he wins. Ugh, it's an animal. <laughs> the jump, just, yeah, I'm, the I'm jump still a little bitter series. about that. The jump <laughs> love of that series, like Spizzles' jump love, is that's that's like Terra the Finion, and that jump love for me are like yeah. the most iconic Pokemon in in your channel's history. I would wow. say, yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, he also had the the hoot hoot named Helen Keller, which in hindsight might have been a little offensive, but we were much younger and, and dumber at the time. Which I mean, isn't an excuse, but um, yeah, because hoot's not even blind. I I don't even get the joke the more I think about it. But he went with it and it stuck. So yeah, um, there was that was a fun time. I, I really enjoyed that series. Yeah. I was gonna. I was actually gonna ask about the collabs, but you, you kind of answered that in yourself. Um, and so, out of curiosity, like, was there ever the desire for you to do more collabs, or was because you, you're saying you were a lone wolf? Was that intentional, mm -hmm. or was that like something that just kind of evolved? 
So, um, it kind of just happened, you know. I, I, there was a, there was, um, there was a situation in 2014, you know, I, um, where I ended up on the wrong side of, a, of on the bad side of a really the biggest poker tuber at the time, you know. Yes. I, he ended up getting, you know, mad at me for something stupid, um, and I, a lot of YouTubers sided with him because he was the biggest guy in the room, you know, and I was just some, you know, dude with like 20,000 subscribers and a lot of people ended up cutting me off after that. Yeah. And that kind of shoved me off into like the lone wolf status. And I'm like, well, you know, screw it. I, I don't need these guys. Um, and a lot of them, um, you know, hoodlum scrafty hoodlum column years later, you know, he came to me and he apologized for cutting me off. And, and uh, you know, he was, just kind of falling along with what everyone else was doing. And I completely forgave him for that. You know, I, I had no problem. I understood the situation, but mm. uh, I, yeah, I was kind of forced into the, the whole lone wolf thing, but I just, I took it, you know, I didn't mind it. I didn't need anybody else to, to make videos with. So I didn't, to be fair, I didn't necessarily even, I wouldn't say I was friends with many YouTubers before that, you know, yeah. I was um, colleagues. We'll say, you know, I knew them. We had general chit chat every now and then, but uh, you know, the people that I hung out with and I played games with and I socialized with in my free time uh, weren't YouTubers. You know, they were people that had, well, to be honest, they were all just kind of fans of mine. You know, people who started talking to me on Skype and had added me on Skype after watching my videos and I formed friendships with all of them. Um, those were the people that I associated with the most. And I, I really loved was Team Caterpie, you know, the best fans in the world, the best people in the world. So who needs those other YouTubers? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can get I can get that mentality absolutely. Um, so, question: What are you doing now? What's what What's now in the life of the the Hardy Tech? Yeah, so um, yeah, I mentioned earlier I'm a web developer now. I um I made a website a few years ago. Uh, just a Pokemon challenges website is is what I wanted to make, where you could just log on there and keep track of all your Nuzlocks. Uh, it took six months to develop and. Now, looking back, I absolutely hate it. But um, web development, I, I really, really love web development. And the most recent thing I've taken up is professional wrestling. Um, so I've cool. loved wrestling. <laughs> I've loved wrestling my whole life, um, even more than Pokemon, even more than YouTube. It has been the thing since day one that I've always had a love for that I, I think about every day. I read about, I watch. Um, and when I first moved here to Maryland, there was a wrestling school here. And yeah. I was like, wow. Um, you know, that was, uh, six years ago and I just didn't have the confidence to go, you know, I was, I was out of shape. I didn't want to show up and like, you know, just embarrass myself. And was like, I can't do this. Um, so years went by and the school moved and I was very upset at myself. They're like, I can't believe I didn't take that chance. I missed the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, well, it turns out they only moved 30 minutes away. So, <laughs> um, I, about three weeks ago, I was just like, why don't I do this? You know, I, yeah, I'm still not in great shape, but I'm sure I'll sure as heck burn a lot of calories wrestling. You know, I, I can get in shape doing that. Um, and so I reached out to him and that same day I drove up there 30 minutes for my first training session. And it was, it was the most fun I've had in so long. You know, yeah. I've watched wrestling for 26 years. And for the first time I'm standing inside a wrestling ring, 
um, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I, I don't know how well you can see me, but I got, you know, championship belts behind me. And that bottom one right there just got some Pokemon card binders in it. But I'm saving that spot for when I win my first championship. It's going oh. right there. <laughs> and one by one, all these replicas, they're out of here. I'm going <laughs> to replace them with all of my championships and all of my titles. Uh, and I... And I was thinking uh, with, you know, with this whole wrestling career, a big part of wrestling, you know, is like cutting promos and telling, you know, characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I was thinking how in 2016, I, when I left YouTube, I honestly thought my life had peaked at 22 years old. You know, I had everything in, you know, I had the whole world in my hands. I had the dream job. I had people watching me and, and looking up to me and inspiring people. And I got to make a living by making people laugh. And it all just slipped through my hands. And I honestly thought when I made that final video in 2016, like that was the peak yeah. of what my life is going to be like. Like now it's all just coasting and living. Um, and years later, <laughs> I've realized like, wow, it turns out life doesn't actually peak at 22. <laughs> you, you, you'll have more highs and lows after that. And that was just the first, this whole YouTube journey was just the first, you know, hill in the mountain of success that I'm going to be climbing in my life. And it's all going to be in the <laughs> squared circle of professional wrestling. By God, I'm going to be the world champion one day. And you heard it here first. So, so. As, as someone who knows nothing about professional wrestling or any kind of wrestling or sport in that manner um how like how does how do you go about training to be a professional wrestler and like what does it mean to be a professional wrestler at the end of the day well uh i don't watch any sports outside of wrestling either so i can relate with you on that well, i know all this olympics has been going on it's it's just all been confusing me so um so training for professional wrestling so professional wrestling is it's not a lot of a word a lot of people like to you know, throw around is fake. Yes. It's not fake. It's predetermined. That much is true. You know, you know what's going to be happening when you're going in there. It's a performance. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you from last night's training, it ain't fake because I got slapped in the chest and it fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, training is learning how to safely go about it is the big thing the number one priority is making sure that you and your opponent leave that ring safely yeah um how to protect yourself how to uh just do all the very the only thing we've been doing so far is the very very basics you know putting someone in headlocks learning to what's called running the ropes where you run into the ropes and you bounce off them and by the way the ropes hurt as well <laughs> everything in there hurts um <laughs> We were, I'm learning how to do something called taking a bump, which is when you fall back on the mat, which it's true is, um, I don't know if you guys know what a wrestling ring is really like, but it's plywood. It's two by fours with about that thick of a mat. Okay. It hurts when you, when you just you know, go back first onto it. So you're basically falling onto padded wood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it hurts, and you know, there, but there's ways that you can uh, help alleviate that pain, that you can help soften the blow, um, so that you're not just you know breaking your back every time. Um, so that's a lot of the training that I've been doing so far is just learning the very very basics and how to be safe in there, how to not yeah, um, you know, punch your opponent in the face and break their jaw. Um, so it's really just just getting the basics down of how not to hurt somebody. Yeah. So. Um, 
and you know there's certain things i i can't you know give away their secrets of the trade for how some things are done you know magicians don't reveal the secrets of their tricks as a um, former magician i can relate with that oh you're into magic <laughs> i am um, i i used to be really like i'm really really into it. i went i auditioned twice for britain's got talent is um is my is my like little claim to fame story um and so i i did magic on that um the magic i did when i was 14 was surprisingly a lot better than the magic i did when i was 17 um 17 was a lot more focused on comedy but yeah i'd say i'd say i can i can hold the deck of cards and probably like you know do do something with it nowadays <laughs> all right all right so i i love magic i've yeah. never I've, I've always wanted to try to get into it but i i was never able to really get the hang of it myself i know a few card tricks but um i can't get the hang of even just fanning out cards i've never been good at fanning out cards unfortunately but I can if you mind can i flip this interview over on you for a second go on okay. i would love to know can you tell me about your experience you know uh trying out for britain's got talent as a magician I i'd love to hear that oh this is this is different this is this is completely different we never had this before um okay so i so um when i basically when i my favorite thing in life for a lot of my childhood was like game shows and reality shows um and luckily thanks to youtube i'm getting an opportunity to host a game show really soon which is really exciting but um, reality shows, that was like the big thing. And um, Brain's Got Talent, massive. Um, I'm, I, I don't know if you've been able to tell from my accent and mentioning Brain's Got Talent, but I am British. So it was like a big... A big... <laughs> the thing that gave it away was when you said you went on a holiday. Because we, we Americans don't say that. So. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he must be over from the UK. <laughs> really? I didn't think that would be what it was. But, I don't uh, know why your accent didn't give it away for some reason. So. I, I don't know how to take that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I'm going to take it as a, a, probably a positive. I have no idea. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I, Brains Got Talent was like a massive thing for me. And I kind of got into magic because I wanted to get onto Brains Got Talent. It was very much, the, the talent was, it wasn't like, this was my childhood love. As much as I told the Brains Got Talent producers that's what it was. Um, it was very much like this was something I saw on Britain's Got Talent and I was like, that's how I, I, I want to be on that stage because I'm an actor is, um, is like my profession. Um, and I, and that's what I wanted to, to do was be on a stage. So I, I learned some magic tricks. It's really easy to learn. And like you, I can't fan cards to save my life. I can't, the most I can do, I can shuffle a deck in a slightly entertaining way. And that's like my one party trick now. So I would definitely like, if, I would say, even if you like think you can't hold a deck of cards at all. Still, like, just looking up random magic trick tutorials, you can do so much. Just from, like, like there's, I don't, I don't know how much you know about magic, but there's a branch of magic called mentalism, which is um, mind reading. And it, that, that is something that you can do really without any sleight of hand at all, um, is, is just this idea of, of just being able to, like, read someone's mind through. Obviously, it's magic, so it's not real, um, but, you know, in, 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 a, in a convincing enough way. But um, getting back to the, the Brains of Town story, um, I went on that when I was 14 at first because um, they were they were in my like local town. And so I just went for auditions. And um, for this these kind of shows, you're, you're, you're auditioning for producers. Uh, you don't get to be on the stage for the judges, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's, that's obviously what every kid thinks is they're going out to perform to like Simon Cowell. But it's actually like just two random people who have spent an entire day listening to like little girls sing Frozen. And so are slightly losing their minds. Um but I performed this magic trick. I was really nervous. And the, the freaking producer I was performing it to, she messed up what I was telling her to do. 
Like, she managed to do it wrong, and so my trick almost completely failed, which was devastating. Um, I didn't get a call back that time, which was really, it was sad. Um, but in fairness, I was a 14-year-old kid, and there was someone else there who was doing magic tricks who was wearing a suit. Um, so my, my days were numbered. But when I um, came back and did it when I was 17, because I kind of had a, by that point I'd started acting, and I was kind of, had a lot more confidence. Um, and I was like, I, I kind of want to focus on comedy more. Um, but I want to include magic in that because I don't have the confidence to be a stand-up comedian. Um, I don't like telling jokes, so I'd much rather my comedy comes from, like, me trying to do magic but failing horrifically. Um, while also at the end you do a really cool trick, then it turns out that was the point all along. And um, so I went and performed to them, um, and they were, like, losing their minds. They thought I was really, really good. Um, my grandma agreed to let me do a sob story about her. Um, so my sob story was that I, I, I definitely, definitely, I wouldn't say I lied to the brains got talent producers i would say i bent the truth ever so slightly um but they were like very much um in interested in in that all um and they loved the trick somehow it was it's a terrible trick but they they, they for some reason really liked it and I, got, I actually got a call back from them um and they were saying that you're one of the best we had in that area um we would love to try and get you on the show um we would love to we would love to pitch you to the actual like head honchos of Brains Got Talent to be on the stage. Um, and I then, unfortunately, never heard anything back from that after that. But, I mean, that's the single most confidence-boosting thing in the world, is to get a callback saying that these TV people, like, liked your, like, shitty attempt at, at doing magic. It was amazing. I, uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question. I mean, yeah, it absolutely does. I never would have known that it was such a thorough process just to get to you know like the tv auditions yeah. you know it's not how it's presented at all so at least on the american versions uh you know america's got talent i, I don't know how much different the british version is i have a friend um, who um auditioned for america's got talent and they it was a very similar thing for them yeah it's devastating yeah, see, I, <laughs> on tv it makes it seem like oh you know just walking on the street and not performing on this big stage on television <laughs> you guys are liars that's not how it works well that's the thing you you get into being like a got talent fanatic which is what i was Mm. for a little time and then you realize like and because if you watch if you watch a lot of these shows and i say this is someone who watched like australia's got talent asia's got talent philippines got talent um but like you'd see all the same acts on all the different on the the different shows and you'd realize that essentially what this is is they ring up acts who they'll see on other shows be like do you want to come on america's got talent bring them over, and then that'll be the vast majority of the acts performing. I think there was um, a statistic that out of every single, out of the top 36 acts on one season of America's Got Talent, only one act auditioned by their own accord. Oh, wow. (laughs) I never would have known that, yeah. I I haven't branched out too far. I know with America's Got Talent, when I watched it, my biggest pet peeve was that there were so many of them that were singers. Yes. Um, Because it's like, we already got American Idol. We already got the X Factor. Like, can we just have some other talents on here, please? (laughs) So, but, you know, they want to... I realize, like, if a singer wins, then you get to go make him, like, a big, you know, sign him to a big contract and sell albums. And there's a lot more money in a singer than there is a trapeze act, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was my biggest uh, pet peeve with America's Got Talent when I was watching it, is that it was, like, half of them were just singers. Like, is there really no other talents in this country? Yes. I mean, um, that's, the, re- that's I, the depressing part. Like, you see in every single one is so many singers. 
And Br- Britain, yeah. we've gotten really... Because the weird thing is, with Britain, it's now become the other way around. So instead of it being the focus is on singers, now all we do is vote in magicians. So I think this year, like last... I think it was last year in the final, there was fi- Like out of the 10 acts in the final, there was five magicians. That sounds great to me. I well, love that. It is until that you realize they're all doing the same thing essentially. Oh. So so oh. it's just it's just it's just essentially two hours of watching the same card trick. <laughs> I, I could see where there might be a problem with that, but yeah. I, I would much rather have a, a variety of magicians at least than yes. you know, singers just going back to back because yeah, there's not much visually entertaining about just watching people sing for two hours. So Yes, exactly. Especially on a supposed like variety show, it, it, yeah. it sort of defeats the point. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry, I I just kind of hijacked everything there for a second, but you know that was. I mean, if you don't mind, since I guess I'm in the host chair here for a second, oh, go I got on. another question. Go on. Uh, something you mentioned earlier that one of my biggest um, things that I love watching on YouTube whenever I get to see one is kind of like a. A YouTuber who takes a second to go behind the scenes to yes. so to say, like, you know, talk about what it's like to be a YouTuber and, and their channel thoughts and stuff like that. And you mentioned earlier that you would uh I don't know if you still are, but at one point we're dealing with some burnout. Yes. Um, and I I just love to to hear about that a little bit and you know how you dealt with it, if you're still dealing <laughs> with it, you know, kind of what it felt like. Cause I, I just love to hear yeah. the thoughts of other YouTubers and see how they relate to mine. That's that's wild because that is essentially the entire basis of this podcast. Um, so I, I love that. Um, but yeah, so I, I talk about this pretty publicly. I think th- this is the mo- the single most common question I get on Twitch because I've been live streaming a lot lately. And because basically my entire channel was formed on this basis of I don't care about views, don't care about the subscribers. I'm making these videos as a time capsule so that when I'm older, I can look back on me playing some video games for the first time. Um, and go, that's cool, that's a cool reaction, um, look at the funny bit where I died. That was the entire basis of the channel. And then I have a friend called Tale of the Toaster who is, who did Inazuma 11 content, um, and he was one of the most popular Inazuma 11 YouTubers. Now, Inazuma 11 is a football, so you guys call it soccer, um, it's a, it's a basically football ex-Pokemon, um, it's a, it's like a Japanese JRPG, it's by, um, you know, Yokai Watch? Yeah, so uh, a little quick sidebar on that. I this today was the first time I've ever heard of this game yes. when I was watching uh, some of your podcasts earlier, and I was like, "What is this word they keep saying?" <laughs> I've never heard of it. And I looked it up, and I was like, "This is a, a soccer football RPG. Like, this sounds really cool, and I'm really interested in trying to play it now." And I couldn't Yo! believe there was this whole genre, you know, this whole community on YouTube around this game that I never even heard of before. And I think that's something really fascinating about YouTube is that it's giant mix of communities and yes. most of you'll never even hear of before. So uh, I just gotten introduced to this game today. I haven't been able to look into it too much, but I've Bro. always liked, you know, kind of sports-based RPGs. Like there's a game called Golf Story. Yeah. I absolutely love. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested in trying to play this game after hearing you talk about it uh, earlier today and, and a little bit now. But uh, sorry, bro, <laughs> sorry to interrupt bro, there for please, a second. Please, like, if, if you if you start playing this game, please keep me updated because, like, okay. I, I, I this is like so many dreams coming true. Um, but <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is the, so that so my friend who I'd been doing like graphics for, because um, I, I I do a lot of graphic design. Um, and I, I, I made layouts for him and thumbnails and all that. 
Um, and I, I, I appeared in some of his videos. Um, and, like, so he would be doing these um, Inner Zoom 11 videos. Um, and he basically recommended to me, there's this, been this Inner Zoom 11 randomizer that's come out, like for Pokemon. Um, you should do a Let's Play of it. And I was like, okay, why not? Sounds fun. So I started doing that Let's Play. And my channel exploded. Um, I was gaining tons of subscribers. Tons relative to Inazuma 11 content. Um, I should preface. Like, exploded makes it sound like I got to, like, 10,000 or 100,000. My channel's still only at 1,000. Like, it was it was, it was, was a lot of growth for being an Inazuma 11 YouTuber. I'm, I think, the second biggest in England. I think. But that I could be wrong about that. But, yeah. So, the growth was, was big. Um, it was wild. And then... The second, the thing that starts happening when you start growing is you look at numbers. That That is immediately, you get hooked on the numbers. Um, and I, my channel was, per, it was getting recommended to, to tons of people. Algorithm adored it. I did a bunch of Inazuma 11 randomizer let's plays, then started moving on to more edit, not, I say edited content. And um, my content is very, very unedited. Um, but like, like top tens, um, which would essentially, because I I'd have, what I like to think is a very unique style of top tens you would expect, like, you know, like, the Jay Witt style of top tens, of, like, where you have all the editing, my top tens would be, I would stand, like, kind of over there, I would scream about an opinion for 10 minutes, and um, run around my room a bit, and then that would be the video, and people, for whatever reason, really liked that, I was getting, like, 500 to 1,000 views a video, it was great, but the problem with a series that's as small as an Azuma 11, is you run out of things to talk about really fast, and I was doing um, a video a day, so I was doing daily videos, and I just at one point just like because I'm, I'm I'm similar to you in how my levels of like attention is is terrible. I will like I, I the reason why like I because I, I tried YouTube a lot before but could never get into it really because I would keep changing my mind. So I'd make a channel and be like, this is my new my new thing is making Pokemon Nuzlocks. Two seconds later, no, I think I want to be like a. a um, like a vlog channel, and then I'd make a new channel for that because of the YouTube algorithm, um, and so I got to that point with, th with this channel of where I was like, I am hating this, I was miserable because I was forcing myself, and the views reflected it, the reviews would get, because that's, that's the other thing is that, I, I feel like I, I could have justified to myself going through some, like, creative tribulations of, um, struggling to make content slightly, um, but like no, oh, I'll probably I'll get back into it eventually. The community's still active; that they're, they're still coming up with like the fan game community is tiny, which I think where Pokemon thrives is on the fan games. Um, and we were starting to get a bit of a fan game community going, like English translation patches for the Japanese games, that kind of stuff. And um, my community made a ROM hack of Inazuma Eleven for me, and um, which was amazing. But then stuff like that, it just it wasn't as active to where I could sustain a YouTube career off it daily. Um, and so I made a video called The End of Daily Uploads, which was me saying, sorry guys, this is too much. I, I, I can't keep doing this. Um, and what I wanted to do also was move to variety because the other big thing is, is YouTube for me was never a case of I want to do this as my job because I want to be an actor. That's what I want to do with my life. Um, but I, I, I knew I wanted to have YouTube and streaming and all that stuff on the side. But I also, uh, I, so there was the, still this case of I wanted to get, I wanted to kind of have that sense of growth and get big because I wanted to have it kind of be be an aid to an eventual career. 
not be the basis of a career, but be something that can maybe push me in the right direction. Because quite simply, casting agencies will sometimes cast people based on their social media following. And that's just an unfortunate truth. Um, and so that was a pretty big thing for me in going, Inazuma 11 is good, but if the most popular English Inazuma 11 YouTuber has 12,000 subscribers, it's not going to be the thing that drives me. And if you think that's over years and years and years, and I've been doing this for maybe a few months, it was a case of, this is not going to be the kind of thing that will sustain me forever. I have to either take a massive risk and do variety or burn myself out even more. And so I was very public speaking about this burnout. Um, and then my channel died, thank the Lord, um, because I was doing the variety. And that's what happens when you do variety on YouTube is YouTube doesn't like that. Um, and so I tried out some doing some Pokemon and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, stream highlight videos, trying literally throwing stuff at the at just and seeing what would work and luckily i found something that works for me which is making podcasts and making kind of i guess content more informed by what what you would see in the mainstream and on tv like a game show like i was saying um and so that kind of i would not say that's cure my burnout in the slightest um because whilst i'm making this kind of content i am never happy like looking at like my channel because even even when i'm seeing the podcast and going this is my favorite thing to do I love this, and um, straight up, like, obviously I've been fanboying about this video, but um, the big thing with this podcast was, um, it the only way, way it can sustain itself, doing an interview podcast where you're constantly interviewing a new person every week, is if I can keep getting guests of higher caliber, keep getting guests that, that mean something to me, and one, keep getting guests. And so you're the first person I've, I've reached out to on a level of, I don't know this person personally in the slightest, let's try something new. And thank the Lord you said yes. Um, and the confidence that that has given this podcast is massive. Um, and, the, and now the range is is so much bigger. Um, I have a whiteboard of possible guests. I get I get to cross your name off after this, which is pretty exciting. But um, <laughs> so that was yeah, that was a, that was a big thing. Was um, was I I hadn't escaped burnout. All I'd done was come up with things that. I can say I'm not burnt out, I'm doing this instead. Because nothing that I'm doing now is something where I think I, I'm still going to be like wanting to do it. Aside from this podcast, something I'm still going to want to be doing in about a week. Um, I haven't yet found that content formula for me. And I don't, and I like, because I, I keep changing my mind, quite frankly, which is the really irritating thing of what I want to do, whether it's the doing these newfound stream highlight videos because Twitch streaming is really fun. Um, or doing these like, but even then, you stream for a couple days, and then it's the same thing of like, got to take a mental break. Oh wait, now everything's gone, because um, content creation is very demanding. Sorry, I just rambled a ton about that, and this is the podcast about you. <laughs> oh hey, that's my fault. I asked, but uh, yeah, I mean, YouTube and and Twitch and content creation is very much a mentally demanding thing yeah <laughs> you know you especially with youtube if you're going to be doing that like daily content you know it's very very rough mentally yes. and um you know sometimes you just need to take a break and that if you need to take a break unfortunately you have to accept the consequences that come with that as far as how harsh the algorithm can be sometimes yes um hopefully you know missing a day or two won't be the end of the world but you know, people are creatures of habits so yes. you know if, if people are used to coming every day 3 p.m watching your video and they miss a few days you know they may move on to something else so yeah 
it, it's a very, very brutal world. And I keep seeing, you know, surveys about how nowadays, like the current generation that's growing up, their number one job that kids want to be is a YouTuber. Yes. Um, you know, it's the new football player. It's the new actor. And on one hand, that's great because anybody can do this. Anybody can make a YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, the people who go on to become major American football players or, you know, worldwide football players is a very elite crop of people. Yes. Um, you know, grandmas can be YouTubers. Little kids can be YouTubers. Anybody can be a YouTuber. Um, it's all about just finding that niche that you just really enjoy making, uh, you know, cooking, makeup, talking about, you know, mental health, arts and crafts, just a mountain. This isn't even mountain dude, root beer <laughs> reviews, <laughs> whatever you want to talk about, you know, you can do that. So YouTube is just this really, really special thing. But if you're going to be really popular, you have to, you know, be ready for the fact that it's very, very mentally taxing. Yes. Uh, and you will experience that burnout and you'll have to figure out how to deal with it at some point. So uh, I'm sorry to hear you haven't found that that new clicking thing to solve your burnout yet. But the thing to solve my burnout was quitting. So don't <laughs> take my advice. I was going to ask what your advice was. Uh, if it's quitting, uh, then that's going to be maybe not the best mentality, but it works. No, yeah. I, you know, I've, I found new things to be passionate about outside yeah. of YouTube. You know, I, I absolutely love coding. Uh, I love, you know, wrestling. I, I just, I've been playing a lot more games, you yeah. know, I, I never got to play games when I was a what, Pokemon what channel because so I, right now I'm playing, uh, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto 4 for the first time. Okay. Uh, working through the DLC of that. I've been playing Pokemon Unite. Uh, wow. Which has been a ton of fun. I finally started playing uh, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Um, I'm very excited for the new Phoenix Wright. Um, the like I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there's like a new Phoenix it's, Wright spinoff uh, games that are coming out. It's, I think it's out, bro. Is it out? <sighs> I got too many games to play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. I played the um, the Phoenix Wright trilogy. They came out on Switch uh, a few years ago, and as first time I played Phoenix, right, absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, I played Half Life for the first time. I because a lot of this started with the idea of Foolhardy, which was a channel I was going to run where I did game reviews. Yeah, and um, I had this whole list of games I wanted to play, including I actually had both Half Life One and Half Life Two recorded gameplay wise that I was going to make reviews about. Okay, and. I was just holding off on it because I had to holding off on playing any other games because I was like, I got to get through these Half-Life videos. Yes. And I just realized eventually I'm not going to make these videos. Yeah. Just play games. And I've been playing games this year and I've just been enjoying video games for the first time in like eight years. I love that. You know, I've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, I played Paper Mario for the first time. I'm going to be playing Bug Fable soon, I believe it's called, which is a Paper Mario spiritual successor. I love that. Um, I'm going to be trying Yakuza for the first time. Yeah. I played Forza Horizon, you know, GTA Five. I played... Uh, I'm trying Halo for the first time. I'm just trying all these games yeah. that I, I never had the time to do before because it was always just Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. And I finally accepted that the YouTube part of my life and the making reviews part of my life is behind me. And I'm just enjoying video games again. And man, yes. I really love games. They're so good. And I'm really excited to try this game that, that you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. I, I keep hearing Azumarill 11, but I don't think that's it. In, in, really in Azuma. In Azuma. 
Inazuma 11. I'm really excited to try that. And and I video games are just so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I, I, oh my God, I know what you mean. I, I've been, because that's definitely the thing you experience being in a niche. Is this, like, is this like idea of, oh God, if I'm playing any other game, I'm like sinning against my God. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a big thing. Like Pokemon for me, like massive game series I love. Um, and I just, I, I used to do like a Pokemon Red Nuzlocke basically every month because I'm a sadist or something. Um, and I stopped, I just didn't because I was, too busy playing Inazuma 11 every single day for content that I, I I just wasn't even playing like Pokemon and like let alone trying new games like I, I st- and I, this this is this is gonna like I'm so guilty of this but of me my my way of playing more games was just making a second channel just to do random let's plays on and I was like it's like that completely defeats the point but um yeah. at the same time it was like that that I knew for me because right now unfortunately my life focuses very much around content creation. And just because I'm in that wait period between finishing high school and going off to the next stage of your life. So it's just waiting that summer. Um, and so I knew that if I, if I was just playing a game for fun, that wouldn't quite sit with me because I was like, I should be making content from this. And so that was my way of going, I want to, like, for instance, Fire Emblem, like you were saying. Like, I, I wanted to play every, I was like, I want to play every single Fire Emblem because I, I'm, I'm supposed to love that series and I just have never really had the time to really sit through them all. And so now that that's what I'm doing, like, on stream and stuff. And even then, it's like, I want to play more of it than I'm playing on stream. I want to, like... But then, then I feel like I'm, I'm betraying myself, betraying my audience when I'm going off and playing some off-stream. It's, it's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, so the... I mentioned a, a, the, one of the previous podcasts you did where they were talking about how they wanted to start branching at, like, yeah. a thousand subscribers. And that same one, um, I believe he was mentioning that, you know every game he plays like he streams like he's making content out of um and for me finally making that disconnect between if i'm playing a game like it's just a waste of time if i'm not doing it for content um finally making that disconnect has allowed me to really just enjoy video games again yeah um that has been such a huge thing for me (laughs) and then i'm as grateful as I am for the eight years of my life where I, I had YouTube and 12 years, really, if you're going all the way back to 2008 or 14 or whatever it was. Um, no, that'd be 12. 12 years. I'm so grateful for that period of my life. It got me where I am now. I met my fiance through my channel. Yeah, Congratulations on the engagement. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to be hopefully starting a family because of my channel. I'm in Maryland because of my channel. Everything I have is because of YouTube. But I'm really happy that that's behind me. Yeah. I'm happy that I could just, dis- like, that happened and I've moved on. And now I, before every decision I made related to that, like, how can I turn this into content? Am I wasting time? I should yeah. be working on videos right now. Am I playing this game? Should I be recording it? Should I be streaming it? I finally just get to live life normally, you know, <laughs> I, um, so I, yeah, I, not to dissuade people from being YouTubers cause it's, it's really fun and you should give it a try. But, uh, my biggest advice is keep a part of your life disconnected. Yes. Yeah. Don't 100% make this your life because when I quit in 2016, I mentioned that I thought I peaked. That's because my entire life revolved around this. Yeah. I had no sense of who I was without being a YouTuber anymore. Uh, and I've learned a lot about myself and I figured out who I am as a person now. You know, I've, I've discovered new loves and new interests. And 
uh, for a majority of you, this it's not going to work out. You're not going to be the next PewDiePie. And having a part of your life that's not YouTube, where you explore other interests and you just enjoy other parts of life, is going to go really long ways in helping you. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my advice: is just don't commit your entire being to being a YouTuber because it's it's not going to end well. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm saying this being a massive hypocrite, but yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, well, I mean, you got acting going for you. You know, you have other things in life. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're not committing 100% of, like, your entire philosophy in life to being a YouTuber, you know? Yeah. So, like, pursue other things as well. Have other passion projects. You know, have moments in your life where you can enjoy things without thinking about YouTube. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that's really important. 100%. Um, so I guess a question would be now, like, who do you watch on YouTube now, if you watch anyone? So, um, I've been binging a lot of Dragon's Den, the TV show. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, so it popped up, I, I was going through a whole binging session, every, like, every two years I end up binging Kitchen Nightmares. Okay. Unfortunately, the American version, I don't like the UK one as much, he doesn't yell enough in the UK one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and it somehow led to me seeing a clip of a Dragon's Den pitch. And I, I've seen Shark Tank, the American version, every now and then. Yeah. But man, I just really like this uh this Dragon's Den. I really like the dragons. Um I've pretty I, I have like a queue of like 30 videos in my watch later to watch. I've just been watching that constantly for like the past two months. It's really, really enjoyable. Um what else do I watch? I watch I don't watch any Let's Plays or anything like that Yeah. Uh, these days. I watch, let me, uh, I've, I discovered a YouTuber, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Cinnamon Toast Ken. I think the, I've, I, the name is familiar, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. Yeah, so um, he and his friend Buff uh, do these videos just reacting to a lot of um, TV shows usually. Yeah. Uh, I've gotten really into just watching them as well. I I barely watch any gaming stuff. Uh, you know, I still watch like game theory and, and food theory videos. Um, I know Jay Wits just had a video out um, about Zelda. I haven't watched it yet, but I have that in my queue. So. I will add that to my uh, queue for sure. Yeah, but most of my watch later right now is uh, Dragon's Den videos. <laughs> and, um, I, I honestly, God, yeah, that's the last thing I it. expected you to say. The yeah. last thing. I... <laughs> It's it's such a good show. I love it. It's great. Um, what other TV shows do you watch then? Or like, what what kind of TV shows are your favorites? Well, number. I mean, my favorite TV show of all time is Impractical Jokers. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah, um, well, I, I, I don't I know can... if I've seen it, but I've seen like I, I've never sat down to watch an episode. I guess is what I mean. Right. I so I can thankfully there's a TV channel here called True TV, uh, which is where it airs, and it's pretty much the only thing that ever airs on that. So <laughs> at any time I could just turn on the channel and watch it. I could just watch any episode at any time and, and be happy with it. Um, yeah. That's another thing that I'll, I'll binge. They have clips on YouTube all the time. I'll just sit there for like hours watching those clips. Greatest show ever made. I, I absolutely love it. Um. So pretty yeah. Pretty much the only things I watch on TV are that, and then I watch a lot of wrestling. So that's yeah. pretty much um, the only TV uh, non-YouTube stuff I watch. Um, and then we, you know, we watch some stuff on like Netflix and, and Peacock and other streaming services. So have you got any like shows that you've like seen in the past that you really like? Like any like personal favorites? Uh, so I was very late to it, but I finally watched The Office, the US version. Yo. Um, which uh, I was very late to the party, but that's a, a very good show. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think I, cause I was watching The Office recently as well. I, I just got into it. I am. Um, mm. I definitely got, I got to a point because it, it's a good show, but definitely got to a point where I think it was after Niagara, the the wedding episode, where I just ended up dropping it because and I think I went, I think I went, went and watched Michael's last episode. Um, oh. It's just because it was like, because I'd heard all these things about it getting really bad. And I was like, I don't know if I want to put myself through that. Like, cause I want to keep the good memories of the show. And so I, I but I, I don't know whether or not you would agree with that decision. So I, I wouldn't describe post Michael as bad. I would yeah. describe it as not as good. Okay. That um, so yes, the, the first, I think it was six seasons or whatever with, with Michael Scott, which fun fact, my first and middle name is Michael Scott. No. So, so that was, that was eerie watching that. So, <laughs> um, we're definitely better. You know, Michael was the star of that show. So him leaving was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, life moves on. Um, what, what else do I watch? What, what are some of my other favorite shows of all time? Um, see, a lot of like stuff that I watch probably doesn't really exist in the UK. Uh, like there's Go a sitcom it. I really liked growing up called The King of Queens. Um, okay. I really like that. Uh, I just, I love sitcoms. That's pretty much all I watch when I watch TV. Uh, aside from the shows I mentioned earlier, I watch sitcoms. Um, oh, I'm rewatching The Big Bang Theory right now. I, I've oh. never watched the whole series, but I'm having to watch it through a VPN because it's not available on US Netflix. And they keep catching me. <laughs> they keep finding out that I'm using a VPN. So I got to try a different Australian server or try a German server and keep refreshing the page and hoping they let me in. And 15 minutes later, they'll be like, uh, we think you're on a VPN, so <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm about to just subscribe to whatever subscription service it's actually on because NordVPN is failing me. There was, every time I see these YouTubers do these ads, that privacy is just a click away. Do you know how many servers I have to go through before Netflix Netflix stops recognizing me? It's much more than one click. Okay, it's a, it's many. It's at least six or seven clicks. So. I, I I can relate. Yeah, I remember um, there was this, the the show The Circle. If you've heard of that, um, no, it's a competition show that was on Netflix, um, and I was wanting to watch the American version, and I, I the amount of VPNs I went. No, I no, actually, I think I was wanting to watch the French version, which was only on US Netflix, and for su- for some reason I have no idea why. Um, and I went through like so many VPNs just trying to find a single one. And it was it was the most devastating thing I've ever done because it just took far too much. I think I ended up having to pay for VPNs, and it was like, at what point have I just gone too far to watch like five episodes of a show? <sighs> yeah, I I have a three year subscription for NordVPN right now. I, I got suckered in through one of those YouTubers ads, but um, it was really helpful for me because uh, some of the the wrestling I watch you have to pay for. You know, it's a yeah. pay per view, and in the US it's like sixty dollars. Um, but if I go to the, if I watch through the UK, it's $20. So (laughs) the VPN pays for itself at that point after like one show. So, um, so I'm stuck with the VPN and I just, I just wish it would work better for me. (laughs) I just want to watch my Netflix, man. Why why does everything have to be so difficult? Uh, there's too many streaming services. That there are. You mentioned their sitcoms. Have you seen Community? Uh, it is on my list. We're currently watching through Parks and Rec. Uh, okay. If you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, I think we're almost on the last season of that. And then um, Communities is definitely one of those shows like Parks and Rec that I've seen a lot of screenshots and GIFs of, but I, I haven't actually seen yet. But it's definitely on my list of shows to watch soon. Oh, you absolutely like have to. Like I, I have like I'm literally looking right now at like a community poster, and I've got another community poster <laughs> up in another place. I, 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 if you if you like sitcoms, I would absolutely recommend that. One hundred percent. I think you'd love it. Yeah, um, so like with sitcoms when I was younger, I I liked sitcoms where you, like with um crowd noise in the background. Yeah. Um I had a really hard time watching uh sitcoms with no audience, you know, like The Office, like mm. uh community is. Um and it was only once I got older that I finally just watched one and I was like these are actually funny. <laughs> you know, a lot of like audience sitcoms aren't you know always that funny. Yeah. Um, and when you don't have the audience to tell you when to laugh, you actually have to step up your humor game. Um, <laughs> and so I've I've grown um, to I don't watch as many you know um, audience sitcoms as I do you know just I don't know I don't I don't know the the proper terminology unfortunately, but like non audience sitcoms like that. Yeah. Um and they are they're just so much better. So uh that's pretty much most of the stuff I watch now is like the you know, those kind of shows like The Office hmm. um and Community. And I, I do want to watch the UK Office at some point. But yes. um for some reason I think I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. So I'll have to find whatever country actually lets me in to watch it. So <laughs> it's a lot I think it's on the UK Netflix. I think it's on the UK Netflix. Um, but it, it is a lot more bleak. Like yeah. it is it is it is definitely I I couldn't like get through it. Like I, I, I tried the UK office, I couldn't get through it. I felt like I was like betraying my country. Um and like I should give up my citizenship right there. But like then I got then I tried the US and, and office and that just worked for me so much more. Um mm. probably because I'm just a coward or something. Um because it's definitely it definitely requires like a lot more like personal determination to get through the UK yeah. one in in a good way like it's it's a really good show it's just that let that like it, it's it's more i guess painful in a good way which mm. only makes sense in the context of the office it, yeah. like <laughs> i mean i i love cringe humor if, yeah. if that's the kind of humor you're talking about i yeah. i find it hilarious my fiance hates it so <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think we'd be able to watch that together um like another another show that I didn't watch at all as a kid, I thought was really stupid. And and recently we watched through all like twenty five seasons of it. It's probably one of my favorite shows now. Is South Park? Okay. Um, which I don't know if you've ever seen. When I was yeah, a yeah, kid, yeah. I hated it. I thought it was so stupid. The animation style like pissed me off as like a ten year old <laughs> for some reason. I was really offended by this. Um, and I also just didn't get the jokes because I was a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, most of them just didn't make sense to me. Uh, and we watched it last year, the entire series, and it is such a good show, especially like when you can relate to it a lot more. Um, that's a very good show as well. So that's yeah. pretty much what, I, what I've been watching these days. I, I, I know we went off uh, on a bit of a tangent there on all these different shows. <laughs> no, it's absolutely fine. I think I have literally in the Spotify description, tangents like will happen. So it, it's, it's, all, it's all covered for. If people, if people are listening, then, then they're asking for it, essentially. Um, yeah. Well, I guess the, now I, I'll, I'll give the floor to you if you have any like, topics you'd like, to, um, you'd like to talk about yourself or if anything you ask them, want to ask me or anything, you just go wild. Oh, I was unprepared for this. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, got, right. got, 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 to, got to, you know, get the real, like, immediate <laughs> thoughts of Hardy Tech Yo-Yo here. Yeah, my first immediate thought. 
All right, so a video. I, I looked back and I, I made sure to, to decorate my room a little bit because I don't have the streamer set up, you know. I, I never had a good background in, yeah. in all the videos. From from when I started doing webcam in uh, Forest Guy in 2014, I never had an impressive setup, which is something I always wish I did, you know. It's always just a room. It was a basement. It was a guest room I was staying in. It was just yeah. a wall. Nothing ever impressive, so... Um, I tried to, to make things look a little nice, and back there, I don't know how well you can see it, but there's a little blue stuffed fox. Yes! Blue! <laughs> she lives! And I did a video during uh, the Butterfree Y solo run. Yes! Yes! A 17-minute <laughs> video of just be the character in the game sitting on a bench in the uh, second gym and just the camera pointed at blue for 17 minutes so it's the whole video that was it <laughs> um that, i don't know why but that's one of my favorite videos i've ever done it pissed a lot of people off but i i thought it was hilarious <laughs> so. why, why why did you make that video aside from just obviously the, the sheer greatness of it <laughs> I feel like there was a story at the time that, unfortunately, I don't remember. Probably something in the previous video that led up to it or something yeah. like that. I know there was there was a reason. I didn't just do it just because. Uh, unfortunately, I don't remember the reason anymore. But I I definitely remembered that. And I was like, man, I gotta I gotta get blue in here that, uh, in the background for this. That reminds me of um I think the I don't remember what the channel was called. I think it was Hardy Tack, um where you were making skits. Yeah, Hardy Tack. Yeah. That uh, now those skits, I mean, were great. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about them. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure I. It was implied that I was having a uh, relationship with the with Blue the stuffed uh, yeah, fox. So, yeah, I, that, that, that's uh, how I remember maybe, it. <laughs> maybe in hindsight, it wasn't my brightest moment. But you know, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about just trying to desperately like find something and, and yeah. use my creativity. That's what those skits were as well. Um, you know, the the Hardy Unchained is one of my favorite videos I ever made. <laughs> um, um, you know, it was also the only time that I ever appeared nude in any of my videos. So, I, no, that was Hardy Unchained 2, I, I believe. Hardy Unchained 2, yeah. I was uh, not my proudest moment. But <laughs> I really enjoyed the, the lawnmower uh, part of yes, that as well. That, was, that sticks with me. That, that particular yeah. clip sticks with me. <laughs> me too, me too. So, man, yeah, I've had I've had so many channels. You know, we had Hardy Tech Yo-Yo, we yeah. had Hardy Tech, uh, which originally came about because of uh, copyright issues that I'd ran into. Yeah. Later evolved into a skit channel. Uh, there was Professor Caterpoop uh, with Hoodie Time Vlogs. Yes. Um, that was... So that was like the part of my life where literally everything I did was on YouTube. You know, I talked about all my relationship issues, yeah. uh, everything that was happening in my life. And it was looking back that I was like, that's, that should not be how I'm living my life. You know, I shouldn't just be airing all of my dirty laundry of my personal life on YouTube. Uh, so as much as a lot of people remember fondly, like the hoodie time series I did, um, I would never do anything like that again. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff shouldn't be on YouTube. I get um, you. But, you know, I... I didn't have anybody to talk to, you know, I've, I was always, um, you know, very, very lonely in those days. So, um, that's just how I vented at the time. I used YouTube to vent, which I shouldn't have, but yeah, you know, we had the, the professor Caterpoop channel. Um, I had a channel way back when I was first starting to blow up called Pokemon unite. 
Which, by the way, Pokemon, <laughs> I'm suing. All right, that was my name first. My, my, I got so confused for a second there because you just said Pokemon Unite, and I was like, no, no way. Yeah, yeah. All the way back in 20, I think it was yeah, 2012. I had created that channel as like a community channel because the one thing that my biggest goal, if I was going to get popular on YouTube, was to bring as many people as I could with me. Yeah. Um. So I created this channel where. Uh, anybody could apply as long as they had under 500 subscribers and we would, you know, bring on a certain amount of people who would start making videos for there and hosting series on there. Um, and it, you know, it lasted for a little while and it didn't end up, um, succeeding that much, unfortunately. Uh, but fun fact, one of the people who applied, which I loved, but I had to turn down because they were at 400 something subscribers and they were obviously going to get hit 500 was Hoodlum Scrafty. Wow. Uh, so yeah, he he applied to be on it, and I was like, I love your videos, but he'd been gaining a lot of momentum at that time. I was like, you're about to hit 500, which is the cutoff. So, um, you know, you would come on for like one video, and then you'd have to leave. So I, I wasn't able to bring him on, unfortunately. Uh, but I I think things worked out pretty well for him in the end. So, yeah. Wow. I mean that, that I mean that's sort of just a cool like brag to have. Yeah. It's like it's like the other thing. Like you, you were just ca casually mentioning Shady Penguin earlier. How you did a collab with him, and inside I was like Shady Penguin, Shady Penguin. It's like it's like <laughs> it must it must be cool to have. I guess that list of like, because obviously nowadays the the Pokemon community is very different, but there's still certain YouTubers who I think are held up to a certain standard because they're the icons of the of the of the now. Like mm -hmm. I would say Shady Penguin especially. He occupies this now weird spot where it's like he's obviously not as big as he was but he's so still so rem still remembered so fondly that like he, i know I, I know especially like um the core four i think they had like tons of i think they've at least in their videos from what i've seen talked about shady penguin um, and like tweets about shady penguin and like commenting on shady penguin videos saying i'm a massive fan um and so it, it's it's cool still seeing i guess that because obviously you were saying that the generation thing in youtube it's massive there are people constantly coming, there are people constantly going. So it's always nice to see when someone not necessarily survives the test of time, though I think Shady Penguin has done that. I think it is a case, I don't, I don't know what, it feels like I'm roasting Shady Penguin, and that's not what this is intended to be in the slightest. Um, but like, you know, where someone it feels like is being still so fondly looked back on, and still so fondly being held up in the light. And that the point being, that's an awesome flex to have, that you did a collab yeah. with Shady Penguin. <laughs> yeah, I um, sometimes I, I kind of forget that. Like my, uh, I used to have a roommate who was a huge fan of Patters. If yeah. you know him, um, and it was just someone that like I knew. <laughs> you know, she was always watching his videos, um, and I was just like, yeah, it's just Patters. <laughs> um, but I, I think when I think about like how small like the world of YouTubers is, sometimes you know I. Um, I mentioned, you know, back in 2014, there was this controversy that I had with another YouTuber. Yeah. Um, the biggest PokeTuber at the time by far. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was huge. I don't need to say his name because it turns out he's a scumbag. So victory in my book. <laughs> uh, but we were before either of us got into Pokemon in the same Call of Duty community, yes. you know, both having like less than you know 200 subscribers and to think that like that tiny little you know pocket of the call of duty community would produce two uh you know more well-known pokemon youtubers in a completely different game it's always just been like a really uh, interesting anecdote to me um and you know there's uh, other youtubers that i've 
known that have gone on to have a lot of success. Uh, Raz Bowski is a YouTuber in the Five Nights at Freddy's community. I think he has like over a million subscribers, uh, oh, wow. you know, and, and um, I've, I've known him since he was like a tiny little channel. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's, I'm, I don't know if it's humble to say you're humble, but I, I don't really think much of myself as like a, a popular yeah. YouTuber. You know, I, I hate being described that way. Um, but I guess sometimes when I think about the people that, you know, I've just known casually and like that, those are people that other people just love to even have a conversation with, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's just, it's Callum, Hoodlum's crafty, you know, it's just a dude. <laughs> Is that anyone guess... from the YouTuber side who you've kept up with? No, <laughs> no, no. I mean, I've I never got that close with any YouTubers. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I knew them like casually, you know, um, kind of like that, like work friend kind of person. Um, but I I never got close to any YouTubers. I never became good friends with any YouTubers. So um, no, I can't even remember the last time. You're probably the first YouTuber I've talked to in, since I've left. So I'll take yeah. that moral victory for myself, I think, then. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that's yeah. I, 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 I that makes sense. Because I think there is definitely this this vibe of of everyone. Tr even even if you don't want to, you're still treating YouTubers as, as some kind of job. Um. Even if yeah. like you know, even if you're not making money from it, like I, even I like the the I I don't, I don't I'm, I'm I'm monetized on YouTube, but I'm not making an income from it particularly. I I make if I make any money from content, it's from um Twitch. But like, um, with with all of it, it's still like I will refer to YouTube as a job, and it's like because the, I think that's the the men, the mentality and the schedule. I think are the two biggest things. I don't know whether or not you'd agree with that. Um, I would say if you if it's something you're taking seriously, then yes, you should treat it like a job. Yeah. Um, which you know kind of almost goes back to what I was mentioning before about not going a hundred percent in. You know, if you're gonna treat it like a job. There needs to be a point in your day where your job ends. Yes. You know, you know, 5 p.m., close YouTube and go do something else. Um, I think that would also help with burnout. But, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's a, a job. And you'll, um, you know, meet other YouTubers and they'll be your colleagues. And, you know, you guys will help each other, you know, because it's mutually beneficial to both of your jobs. Uh, so I, I think that's a very good description of it. Um, I don't know why this randomly popped in my head. I think it's because you were just saying about, like, meeting other people. and that, And I think in the Pokemon community right now... You were saying about collaborations being massive. Um, I, I I don't know why we're skirting from topic like like it's like a freaking mind map or something. Um, that's just how my brain works. So welcome to a day in my. <laughs> well, life. that's the thing is that's how mind works too, and so I, yeah. I feel like we're just not helping each other here at all. But um, this is just what my YouTube videos were like. So you're getting you're getting an exclusive one right here. <laughs> but um, I was so like the collaborations. Obviously, I think if you go I, the biggest example of this, I think is um United Gamer. Who I would say is at, probably at the forefront of let's of YouTube let's plays right now, um, of being like that is or at least YouTube Pokemon let's plays doing um collaborations. He always has a big collaborative series going on, but then he's always doing stream series solo. Um, when it when it so what what's your I guess your history with streaming and is that something out of curiosity because you've said you you said you wouldn't do YouTube again or at least well you said never say never but you know what I mean. Um, what about like live streaming like doing the odd live stream here and there where you know your chat's just going will you do youtube again will you do youtube again will you do youtube again um, i mean that's something i've considered you know doing a I, i've actually um 
I don't remember what game I was going to do, but I had like a whole stream planned that I was going to do. I was getting everything set up um, just like a, a few months ago and it ended up falling through, unfortunately, and I, I didn't end up doing it. So I would yeah. think if there was ever a possibility of me coming back to do something, it would probably be on Twitch yeah. uh, for just like a one-off stream every now and then. Um, I tried Twitch, you know, doing the daily streams as well. Um, I get bored very quickly, so I was never—I never did that many long streams. You know, I—I I had a few twelve-hour streams. I had a sleepwalk, which don't do sleepwalks; they're horrible. <laughs> I have uh, a sleepwalk like... planned for September. <laughs> oh well, yeah, maybe like once a year it's fine. But I think mine went on like twenty hours or something like that. It was, oh my god, I don't know. I—I I don't know how you could possibly keep things going, like talking for that long. Um, but. I did streaming because it felt like it was a necessary part of everything, but so, I never did that long of streams because I don't play games very long. Even in my own gaming sessions, yeah. I'll game play for like an hour and then I'm ready to move on to something else. Yeah. So, and I don't watch streams. <laughs> so I, I find it hard for me to be invested in something that I don't really care about myself. Yes. So I, I, that may be different for some people. I think a lot of streamers probably don't watch a lot of live streams, but for me... I zone out a lot and I like to be able to rewind a YouTube video when I realize I have no idea what happened in the past 20 seconds. And you can't really do that with live streams. Um, and when I do watch live streams, um, unless it's like a big event, like sometimes I'll watch the Overwatch League, um, I pretty much exclusively would only ever watch small channels. Um, I don't really see the point personally in watching big streamers that you're never going to be able to interact with, you know, yeah. I think that's the entire point of live streaming is interaction. Um, you know, I don't really understand why, you know, the point of watching Ninja play Fortnite, I guess, you know, to see big epic moments of him winning, uh, <laughs> but I could just do that on YouTube, you know? Yeah, um, so when I get a chance to interact uh, with streamers and small streams and a few times I watch them, that's where I think the really beauty of a live stream is. And I was very happy the entire time that I was streaming. I, I guess never got, popular enough to not be able to interact with my chat at all times and read yeah. pretty much every message. Because uh, I, I think that's the true beauty of streaming, is that direct interaction with the streamer. And once you get to a certain size, it's not the streamer's fault. You can't keep up with that chat. You can't read all those messages. Um, but it, it also just, it loses something to me. It's not special anymore. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd watch some streams if they're from small channels and I, I like the person because I basically just having a conversation with them. Aside from that, I'd much rather just watch YouTube and that's much rather the kind of content I'd like to make as well is just stuff that I could put thought into. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess, um, my final question, we're going almost for two hours now. Um, and that is much longer than I normally do, which is kind of wild. But, um, I was, I was going to ask whether or not. I feel like this is a question I'm asking out of necessity because this is technically a YouTube podcast. Um, but when it comes to, to wrestling, would there ever yeah. be content you would get from that? Would there ever be like some kind of 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 you of desire to to turn not turn the wrestling into content, but create some kind of content from the wrestling? So wrestling is something I've thought about video wise many times. Going back to my you know four year three year hiatus, I actually just uh, almost made a complete entire uh, wrestling video that I was going to just make a whole new channel from it, just start over. You know, never even let like the the, the team Caterpie side know because I mean ninety nine percent of them wouldn't care. Yeah. Um, I, I ended up scrapping that because I was like, I don't know if I want to get committed to a YouTube thing again. I got you. Um, 
I've definitely been thinking about with this new journey getting into wrestling, how social media specifically can play into that because that's such a huge part in today's world of wrestling, uh, especially if you know you're a, what's called an independent wrestler. So you're not working for like a big company like the WWE or okay. Um, like, yeah, there's hundreds of tiny little wrestling promotions that only work in like a few local towns. Yeah. Um, and um, a big part of, you know, getting your name out there is social media. And I was like, how can I, how can I use this? And I'm like, why? Well, I, I have Twitter and I just, my Twitter is basically just my random thoughts. You know, I, I don't have a purpose for Twitter. I just put whatever I think on there. Um, but I've definitely had the idea of uh, using Twitter. So it's not even necessarily YouTube, but I guess it would still to a certain extent be content creation to uh, essentially start to work on and refine like a, my wrestling persona and practice, you know, cutting promos is what's called. Um, you know, when you're talking to your about your opponent and like, oh, this Sunday when we step in that ring, oh, you're going to feel the power. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully not that cheesy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and just just learning to talk. And I think that, that all these years of YouTubes that I did, <laughs> YouTubes that I did, is going to be a huge plus to me to be able to just talk off the top of my head, you know, to yeah. come up with an idea for where I want to go with like this promo that I, I have to, to say and just be able to, you know, go at it, you know? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's some wrestling stuff involved on Twitter. You know, I may even make a new Twitter for that. Uh, so, you know, if anybody out there is in team Caterpie or follows me on Twitter, pay attention to that. Yeah. Um, so there, there will probably be wrestling stuff from me in the future as, as I continue to learn. I'm still very early in my training, so that's a long ways down the road. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, that's definitely possible. If I was going to come back to do anything, it would more than likely be related to that somehow. So that much sense. more much more likely than Pokemon. I, I've, I've played my first Pokemon casual playthrough, uh, challenge playthrough. I've been doing a uh, Shield Wonderlock. Okay. And this is like the first time I've just done a casual playthrough for Pokemon without something in the back of my head thinking about YouTube ever. Really? Because <laughs> even the entire time that I was doing, you know, if I just did a casual playthrough while I was still doing YouTube, I'd be like, was there some way I can you know, make a YouTube out of this? Or I'd be tweeting See? about it. Uh, or, you know, I'd be doing something with it. Um, or I think I did a, an Alpha Sapphire Nuzlocke where I just recorded the finale. Um, I see. And this is the first, like, just casual, not linked to anything playthrough I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun. So it's been going really poorly, but, but it's been fun. So. <laughs> that's, that's, really, that's, that's really nice to hear. I think getting that disconnect, I think, is, yeah, going to be it, it, it's it, it, a really nice feeling. Getting that, like, yeah. really proper disconnect. Um, I think, well, I think that that would, I think that's everything um, I wanted to ask you about. So, um, first of all, um, is, is there, like, a word or something that you can give to the audience if they're watching on YouTube to comment down below to say that they've been watching the entire podcast? That's got to be Caterpie. There you go. I think this whole time we talked about how Caterpie is my favorite Pokemon. That's true. How did we not talk about that? That's the entire thing. I'm the Caterpie guy. <laughs> I that's that's my fault. I can't believe we got two hours out of this and Caterpie didn't come up. I, the real the real question where I'm about to expose you is Caterpie actually your favorite Pokemon or is it just a ploy to get views? Uh, so it wasn't when I first made it my mascot and it became my favorite. Really? What was your favorite back when you started? 
probably like maybe Grovile. Um, yeah. I, had, I have a really strong connection to uh, the Pokemon that Ash used in the Hoenn anime. Yeah. Um, because that was like the first season of Pokemon that I, I regularly watched. So Grovile, Torkoal, Swellow, Corefish, some of my favorite Pokemon of all time. Uh, and I really, really like Grovile specifically. So uh, it might have been Grovile. I... At the time, all the other Poketubers, you know, they had, like, these big, powerful Pokemon as their mascots. You know, Dragonite, Gengar, like, Gyarados. Yes. And my first Twitch profile pick was Magikarp. <laughs> but I was like, that's too generic. So I yeah. somehow ended up on Caterpie. Uh, and it, that just stuck. And I became the Caterpie guy, and I love the little dude I now. Um, I, you know, I love Butterfree. Metapod's all right. I don't really care that much <laughs> about Metapod. But... Uh, yeah, Caterpie has become my favorite Pokemon, uh, but it wasn't when I first uh, made it my mascot. Well, first of all, exposed. Um, and second of all, uh, is is Caterpie still... Sorry, I, I say we're wrapping up and then I just suddenly start asking you more. But um, <laughs> is, is Caterpie still like a part of your... Of your I, I, it's weird to say, is your favorite Pokemon still a part of your life? But like, yeah. is, is Caterpie still like a kind of thing where it's like, do you still have any, like, Caterpie, like, plushies or, like, figures that you, like, look at with, like, you know, that you, you pay attention to? Um, or, like, is there any, like, note... Sorry, this is a really badly worded question. Um, I, I get where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see if I got anything around me right now. I don't think I do, unfortunately. But, no, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I love Caterpie. I got a, a guitar here with a big uh, Caterpie sticker Yo. on it. You know, um... Everything I do is like green. Like I, I, I love Caterpie. You know, um, it, it is absolutely still a part of my life. I, you know, Butterfree cards. I have a, a bunch of like Butterfree uh, GX cards that came out that I would love to get framed. I love that. Um, so I, yes, I, I very much still love Caterpie, and I, I can't believe I don't have anything Caterpie related <laughs> on my desk. Uh... I, I am being exposed. I am a fraud. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> I am <laughs> just a big phony and I'm being called out right now. So Well, uh, so finally, uh, I'm going to give you the floor to promote whatever you want to promote of yourself. Um, go wild. Gosh, what do you promote when you're retired? Uh, <laughs> um, keep watching this podcast. I've had a great time here. I, I was, when you asked me, I was thinking like, what are we going to talk about? You know, I was like this, you know, I, I saw your podcast were traditionally like, you know, an hour and a half. And I was like, what are we going to talk about for an hour and a half? <laughs> I was, it was worrying. I, I felt a little stressed about it, but you know, we've been talking for two hours now and I've, I've had an absolute blast, you know, talking to you, learning more about you talking about myself. Apparently I have a lot of my, a lot about myself to say. So, um, I, I very much recommend anybody out there keep watching this uh, and listening. You know, I've, I've listened, I'm about halfway through, um, I think I still got it pulled up here. The uh, the pyro episode is, yeah. was the one I, I kept referencing earlier, and um, I got like halfway through that when I was I was listening to it while I was working. Um, and I was just I got able to, I was able to get halfway through it and it didn't feel like a chore or anything. It was a very easy listen, so it's a it's a very good uh, podcast. You're a really good host, and if I had to promote anything because I, I don't really got much going on right now in my own life, I would I would promote this. It's very good. I'm gonna tear up. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Um, well, I'll put you... I, I, I'll still have all your links in the description. Um, I'll still yeah. have all your, your links. But but thank you. So, I'll, I'll yeah, YouTube, 
um, if you want to go back and watch all his old, um, old videos. Again, I would so insanely recommend. Just if, if you'd like the if like there's any particular Pokemon game that you like like the look of, this man has covered it more than likely. Unless you like Alola, in which case you're screwed. Um, I'm sorry to report, but <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah that, that, go and watch anything by this man. He is. The yeah, my favorite YouTuber for a reason, and still is to this day. Um, and I, I was I would recommend it one hundred percent. Um, and then go and follow him on Twitter, and you can keep up with his wrestling and all that, which um is gonna be I, I'm I'm excited to see because as someone who knows nothing about wrestling, I'm excited to to learn about wrestling through you. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's, uh, that's yeah. I, I've had a few people be like, I don't know anything about wrestling, but I'm gonna support you on this. As in, it's. <laughs> Sometimes it's easy to forget, um, you know, how privileged I am to be in that situation where people, you know, care about me. Yeah. Um, and I I saw this a few, 2019, um, a few members of Team Caterpie got together and made this birthday video for me. And they were just talking about the impact that I had on their life. And I feel guilty sometimes when I think about the fact that I stopped making videos because... You know, yeah. I impacted people. How is it possible? I'm just a dude who started talking to himself because he was lonely. Yeah. <laughs> and I had an impact. And um, especially because I've been removed for so long, it's very easy to forget that sometimes. But uh, I am so incredibly grateful to have even just one person, you know, played a part in improving their day. Um, and it's such a special feeling, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to anybody who's ever watched any of my videos, because I, I don't really deserve it. I don't deserve your attention, but I'm glad you guys were here. I I think that's a really, really good note to end on. Um, thank you so much, Hardy, for, for coming on. Thank you. It, it, it's fantastic. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure recording with you. Um, and if you're watching this podcast, I'm, I'm sorry I have to do the whole promoting plugging thing i, I did um, it i did it <laughs> if you're watching on youtube make sure you like comment and subscribe and um, if you're and share it with a friend or all that kind of jazz and um, i don't know my statistics for how many people who are subscribed to me who watch my videos so i'm not going to try and cite those um and then make sure you go click on the link to watch this podcast on spotify and google podcasts uh, i think you can rate five stars on google podcast i'm so bad at, at, at like plugging my own stuff but um Maybe give it a go if you want. Try and rate it. Um, and then on Spotify, um, click follow. No, that's what you do. On Google Podcasts, you subscribe. And on Spotify, and Spotify, you follow. So make sure you do those. And then maybe just leave your phone running with this podcast on both platforms. Even if you've already listened to it. A second time won't hurt you. Um, but thank you so much. And we'll see you guys in another one. Goodbye.